Slum dog, millionaire, Bollywood flowing up. Uh, my real friends never hear it from me. Fake friends write the wrong answers on the mirror for me. That's why I pick and choose. I don't get you confused. I got a small circle. I'm not with different crews. We walk the same path. We got on different shoes. Live in the same building, but we got different views. I got a couple cars. I never get to use. Don't like my women single. I like my chicks and tools. And these days, all the girls are down the road. I hit the strip club and all the bitches find the pole. Plus, I've been sipping so this shit is moving kind of slow. Just tell my girl to tell a friend that it's time to go. Let's tell me how you love me. You know you at the top and all the heavens right above me. Yes, I'm in the building, you just on the list of guest names And all of my riders do not give up X game Guns turn you boys into principal sex change And I smoke till I got chest pain And you just know I rep my game like Jesse James Women are possessive and they wanna possess rain I've been fly so long I fell asleep on the fucking plane Skinny pants and some vans Call me Triple A, get my advance in advance, amen. As the world spinning, dance in my hands. Life is a beach, I'm just playing in the sand. Uh, wake up and celebrate. You can't see me, but never overlook me. I'm on the paper trail, and ain't no telling where. It's six and. Can you hear me? No, I'm muted. Hold on. All right, it's uh, 6.05. We had a little bit of technical difficulty, and Richie will be joining in here just in a second. Uh, we have a big show tonight at 6.30. We get our main man from Charlotte, Reginald Walker Jr., tuning in. 7 o'clock, we're going to roll up to Dillon High School, take the bus up 95. Right before we get to, uh, you know, a famous little spot there, uh, the south of the border, we're going to get off at Dillon High School. Amari Huggins, or uh, I'm going to ask him if that's how I pronounce it. I think it's Amari Huggins, uh, just committed to Louisville. He's a big-time receiver. I've seen some of his films, some of his cut work. He's a 
pretty chiseled young man. You know, he looks like a. I don't know his speeds and things. We'll get into that with him. We'll get into his, you know, his height, weight, and his times, and uh, you know, stats and some of that things when he gets on here. But he, like I said, he just recently committed to Louisville. Louisville is a great school. He's going to be playing in the ACC. Uh, pretty pretty large city. It's about a million people last time I checked. And so uh, we'll talk to him about what led him to that decision. Uh, you know, and and uh, what was it that sold Louisville over other school, other coaches and schools and programs. And you know, so we're looking forward to that. Um, about 7.30, we're going to take up the, the book over back down and a little bit over to Sumter High School and check in on uh, Justice Boone, big defensive line commitment. Where is he headed to play for my Florida Gators? Really excited to hear uh, hear about that and uh, what sold him on Florida. And looking forward to, you know, just see what he's looking forward to, what, what, what it was. You know, I know the uh, defensive line coach at Florida is uh, pretty pumped up about this signing. The uh, University of Florida actually put a graphic out uh, that had Justice there with um, with Carlos Dunlap, which is a kid that's here from the Low Country. Played at 4D. He ended up being the number one player in the country coming out of high school. Uh, goes to Florida. Uh, was an MVP of a bowl game, and then uh, you know has had a pretty illustrious career there with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. He's a guy that gives back to the city of North Charleston. He was here doing some big things uh, not too long ago, so it was pretty cool. And then. Uh, you know, I want to ask him about that because when that tweet came out and University of Florida put him on one side and Carlos on the other, of course, you know, uh, Mr. Boone was pretty excited. But then uh, Carlos Dunlap hit the, retweeted it and uh, gave uh, Justice some uh, some credit there. And, some you know, it, it seemed like he uh, it made his day, made his Christmas, made his birthday. So he seemed pretty pumped up, pretty excited here uh, to get that retweet uh, from Carlos and but, you know, it, it's a great school. And like I said, you know, other than me being a fan, I'm really interested to see, you know, what took him there because he's got had tons of offers from a lot of programs. And, you know, with, with the Gamecocks right down the street, I mean, literally 45-minute drive. You know, what was it that, that made Florida so special that he went down to uh, that he went down to Florida over, over to South Carolina and some other schools? Uh, but, you know, we're, we're looking forward to the show. We've got a big packed show. We've got uh, some five-star guests. Um, we got some others coming in too. We're going to be able to update you here soon, but uh, you know we're going to pack it out. We got uh, eight o'clock's coming on. Uh, we'll be eight thirty. You know the phone lines are going to be open, so we can have people call in if you want to talk about. You know I know a lot of people saw the proposals out about flipping seasons and moving baseball up, moving football back, cutting seasons, uh, moving things around with new guidelines. Some people like them, some people don't, and so we're looking forward to hearing from you guys. Feel free to call in. But uh, right now, well, Eugene, uh, I'm uh, I'm in here with you now. We we finally got everything figured out. Good job taking things in. And and as what was supposed to happen uh, was, of course, the likes of uh, we were going to head out to the factory today. So all the equipment had been moved over, brought everything back here into the studio, uh, ready to get it up and running. And a few things had to be moved around. But nevertheless, uh, Eugene, great job getting us up and running here tonight. We're going to make it up to you. That's what we do. Uh, when need be, we'll, we'll bring it, of course, all together. He mentioned really excited 630 as always, Reginald Walker. He's a former player for Joe Pa and the Penn State Nittany Lions. He's always with us on Tuesday nights at 630. Comes to us from Charlotte. Does multiple things on the TV and the radio networks up there for a couple of different colleges. He's also a big contributor with us. And as you mentioned, Amari Huggins, uh, the big cat from Dillon. He committed last week, I believe it was, to Louisville. So why did he pick Louisville? He's going to head to the ACC uh, we're we're going to get that information from them. Also, going to get some inside track on who Mr. Huggins is 
behind the game of football. Who is he and what has he, of course, uh, you know, done during his days over there with a very prestige program. And, uh, you know, again, you guys know if you're in the state of South Carolina, Dylan, man, they breed athletes year after year. My days of playing the game, of course, in the 90s, they had a guy named Stan Manning. They called him Stan the Man, and he, of course, would run a million yards in the first half and then take off the second half, but still was able to end up in 1995 with the Mr. Football Award. And as you mentioned, uh, you know, I've been actually talking to uh, Carlos's dad throughout today. Mr. Dunlap, of course, has been sending me a ton of information and is really excited about having uh, Justice heading down there to Gainesville. Uh, I talked to both of these two guys last night on the phone and just to hear their excitement, they're both going to, it looks like, leave in January. So if the season, and we're going to get into this here in the first segment, if the season is delayed into January, these two guys will not be a part of it. Now, that, of course, uh, is something, again, we'll table and talk about here in just a minute. Eight o'clock, we're heading to Columbia. So the bus has got a lot of gas in it. Good news because it's, it's got a lot of riding to do as we'll head to the Watchbox Studios in Columbia, South Carolina with the one and only Mr. Mike. Yuva, he, of course, uh, had uh, covered not only the state of South Carolina, but all the colleges here. And he's kind of, un, I guess, covered uh, with him and, and one of his colleagues. They did a video uh, that came out either last night, I believe, when they talked about, I guess, uh, the, the fly on the wall. Of course, that would be uh, SC Varsity and, and what happened over the weekend with a young man. We'll get into that a little bit around the hour three. We may talk briefly about it here before 627, but uh, again, for you guys uh, who are listening maybe for the first time, again, we welcome you here. We're live on Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays from 6 to 9. As you can see, the, the list is long of high school athletes. Usually we have a few coaches and a few beat writers drop by as well. Now, again, 830, this is the newest and latest edition, is Demarius Anderson. He is a Stratford High School wide receiver. This kid is, uh, is I'm telling you, the real deal. This class of 2021 is locked and loaded full of some athletes and definitely at the wide receiver core. But uh, Demarius is going to be taking his talents to Eastern Michigan. He decided that today at noon. I got on home with him about 12.30, 12.45 and said, hey, man, let's come on tonight. Let's talk a little bit about Stratford High School. Let's talk about your reason to go to Eastern Michigan. And let's talk a little bit about Demarius. Uh, who are you? What are you all about? Of course, uh, that's what we like here on our show, we're different. We like to be different. And as Eugene mentioned, if you would like to come in here and hang out with us, you can call in between now and 630 before our first guest. We'd love to hear from you. The number to reach out to us is 323-784-9681. You can give us a shout there again at 323-784-9681. That's the easiest way to get a hold of us. Or you can follow us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central and on Twitter at SO Sports Central. So, again, uh, there's a lot happening around the state. Uh, I've released, you know, one of the preliminary, at least an opportunity, if you will, Eugene, uh, from a coach's crew that, that, that had some ideas about how could we do the season with what we're dealing with. Now, of course, uh, you know, in no way, shape, or form, and I'm speaking to someone in particular here, and if you're listening in, do I want to see high school football in the spring? It's not my choice. It's not, my, it's not my idea, but it is what it is. And here's the thing. Please understand this. My job from August until about January, somewhere maybe December, is on Friday nights. I'm usually somewhere in a high school football stadium, right? 
Why would I not want high school football in the fall? Because that's, that's what we do. Multiple of us do. So to think that the media would applaud or even think that this is a good idea is preposterous, is ridiculous. Is you stretching beyond stretching, and you continue to say it's not going to work. For you guys who say it's not going to work, here's the thing. Do me a favor. Instead of telling me the problem, give me a solution. How about tweet at me on that note? How about give me an answer? And the answer is not, and I hate to tell you guys, it's not play football in the fall. It's not that I would be shocked if it happened. I'm not saying it's not. I don't have a crystal ball. If I did, I'd have already won the lottery, and I would have shared it with all of you. Unfortunately, that's not the case. I'm handling, and I'm trying to come to grips with the reality that we're in. I mean, imagine if you're a wrestler right now in the state of South Carolina. You might not have a season at all because you have zero pads in between you and another individual as you guys are dueling it out on the mats, the sweats coming out. I mean, if anybody's nervous right now, to me, it's the, co- it's the wrestling coaches and the wrestling guys who are coming up in this class of 2021 who may or may not get to see a season because of what's going on. I mean, there's, I understand signing the waivers. I understand that you do this, you do that. They do that anyways, by the way. Do you realize that, as, as, and for a lot of you guys, you know this, you sign a waiver already to let your child play high school sports. That waiver is already in the works. Now, it would probably be modified, and we're not going to get into the logistics part because I'm, I'm, I'm over the politics of this thing. But I'm just telling you, there's hardly any, and if I knew any coach that would say, well, I would start it. There's not any out there because they don't want to be the first one to have the first case on their team. It's a different situation. You see it happening in college, and a lot of people are mentioning certain things. Well, they don't have the funds to separate these individuals on a regular basis and to track these young men and women on a regular basis. So this, I would say, proposal that was released last week by whatever source, whatever, it came out, it was just a suggestion. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. From my understanding, there's four different other suggestions or three. This is just one. But you have got to come up with a few answers, not just a bunch of, it ain't going to happen. I'm not going to support it. For what? And, if, and, and, and I saw a lot of rebuttal from baseball guys. I'm a baseball guy too. Listen, hey, I get it. So you're telling me that you would rather take another chance and let football start it off again in the fall and good chances are this thing kicks back up again heavier later on and you kick another season out, at least you get something in. I think there's more to it than that. And, of course, then the other conversation that came at us was, well, what about my child that plays uh, club sports? Let me tell you a secret. It's really not that either. High school doesn't care about your club sport. They don't care about your travel ball. It's just that simple. They care about the high school league. It's its own league. It's its own entity. Okay? And, again, I'm just telling you, if you don't at least come to grips with there will there won't be the normal for quite some time. You're going to be in an angry state of mind. And I one think thing, the biggest Richie, picture of all. Oh, sorry about that. One, no, go ahead. If you let go me ahead. piggyback on one little thing about that travel club and the club thing, you know, going through the schedule, I looked at two sports in particular because I have guys that I train that, that play those two sports. And, and most people that know that I train football kickers, and most of those guys, a lot of them either have played or currently play soccer. Now, we have never, ever, ever uh, during the football season uh, cowtailed to a club soccer team. If that 
interferes with, you know, your high school football, you know, you need to make a decision whether you can go play soccer or, or stay here and play football. That said, when it came to the high school football, I mean, the high school soccer season, they played soccer. They weren't allowed to come to uh, football spring practice until the soccer season's over. Um, and, and, you know, we, we had spring practice uh, two years ago, and that cost me all but one week um, because my starting kicker uh, won the state championship for soccer. So they played, 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 played. But we never, ever cowtailed to any type of club teams. Now, like I said, for your high school team, you know, they, they were dipped. They were, you know, it was okay, but you could only play for one team at a time. One thing that worried me about the schedule that came um, that you and I looked at and shared and whatnot, there were a couple sports that kids that play multiple sports, that so many coaches want them to play multiple sports, the actual season crossed over. So I'm a little bit concerned about that. I understand the baseball guys. You know that's my favorite sport. Um, I love baseball just like you do. Those guys feel like they already gave up the season. I think, you know, from uh, some of the people we talked to, I think they're willing to hedge their bet and think they'll be good to go in the spring. And this COVID stuff, they see some trends going down and this, that, and the other. But, you know, I don't know if you really want to bet because if you bet and you lose, you lose two seasons, not just one. Um, and, and but, but the other thing is, like I said, you know, and I know the guys, you know, some of them have been on a show, very – you know, well-respected head coaches, athletic directors. Um, but my concern with that chart was, one, I was glad to see everybody got a season this year. We're going to make it work somehow. Um, and that's what we care about is the kids. Let the kids play. Um, but that when I saw that, you know, basketball was going to be some crossover football, soccer was going to cross over for football, there was going to be some track stuff. Um, and just that's what got me because then – we might have to tell kids you got to sit out a sport. Some of them might be going to their senior year. And so I feel like, you know, we did a good job. This is a great rough draft. Now maybe let's see if we can get the, the deciders back at the table, work through it, and kind of fine-tune a little bit. And so that was my one concern. So when you brought that up, especially with the club things, I just thought, like, you know, that, that's something that's been weighing on me. I thought, you know, it, it was a heck of an attempt. And like I said, it was a great rough draft. Um, but hopefully those guys and, and ladies can get back together at the table and kind of work something out and just put that out there, something that will work, something that will be safe, but uh, gives these kids a chance to play. You're not going to make everybody happy. I mean, that's the bottom line, okay? That's just that's just that's life. All right? And, and it's, it is a hard lesson to learn at such a young age, right? I mean, it is tough, but this is, this is what we deal with every day as adults in our jobs, and I understand that. But, you know, here's the thing. You're going to have to have a choice. And be glad you have a choice. Hey, how about that side of it? How about the side of it that you actually have a choice? Because guess what you didn't have in the spring of 2020? You didn't have a choice to play a sport. They made it for you. And, and, and I'm going to be honest with you. I understand that. I understand that there's guys that play multiple sports. I know that, that sometimes basketball overlaps baseball, and you got to wait for, for the basketball guys to come out because their season lasts a little longer than they come out or track. They come out from that too. And But that's – we're in unprecedented times, and I'm sure there will be some unprecedented arrangements to, to get some things happening. But to think by all means that you're going to make everybody happy, it's not happening. And, and, and it's just – that's the reality of it. You know, again, you know, did these kids think they were going to be homeschooled for the last three or four months of their of their senior season or their whatever they're in as far as wherever they're at? No, they didn't see that. But you had to make an adjustment. 
you had to make an adjustment. And, again, I don't think we're done making adjustments. I don't think that we're done with seeing some of the tough stuff. I don't think, we're, we're, I don't think we've hit the bottom yet, unfortunately. I think the best thing that we can say is this. And, and again, the easiest thing for the high school league to do is to just say, you know what, we're going to scrap the whole 2021 20, season and we're going to try it again next year. And that's something that you're seeing in Louisiana. That came out yesterday. And I, I get it. People are going to scrutinize. They're going to say what they say. Look, at the end of the day, these guys and girls that make these decisions don't want on their shoulder somebody's health that, that went south. That's just the reality of it. I mean, I get we want sports. I understand we want to watch it. We want to play it. We want to make sure these guys get their final say-sos. We, we get that. I mean, again, that's why Southern Sports Central, you know, we're going to do everything we can. You know, we did that where we went and broadcasted live at Somerville so that these guys could have a home run derby. And if moms and dads or grandmoms or aunts and uncles or whoever couldn't make it to the field, we gave you a broadcast so you could hear it. We're in the midst of working another one out towards Charleston County that's going to hopefully mix some kids from Berkeley County. And then our goal is to be at the Joe with the best of the best and have a final deal and make it a fundraiser deal so that we can raise some money so we can, we, we can give back to the community. But at the end of the day, if you think by any stretch of the imagination that everybody's going to walk out of this thing, that's a good idea. Well, then you're crazy because that's not reality. That's just not the way it's going to work out. So, again, you know, uh, you, you need to adjust and understand that, that, that we are in a very different state of mind right now. And with that being said, I just want to say this. Be open-minded. Remember, it's not about moms and dads. It's not about you coaches. It's about these players. And I can promise you, I can promise you that these players, these players, had they get the time to play one more game, you don't think they wouldn't play it? You don't think they wouldn't do anything in the world? That class of 2020, you don't think that everybody that came on this show wouldn't have said, you know, I'll play one more game? The kids that lined up for Home Run Derby and that are continuing to line up for these other ones that we're trying to put together, Eugene, you know it's, un, it, it, it's unreal. I mean, we're getting kids that beg us from different, different areas, from the juniors to the sophomores, but we're, we're making it special about the seniors. You know, these are, again, unprecedented times cause unprecedented changes and some different leaders. And, again, the easiest way for this thing to do if you're the high school leaguers and say, look, we're just, you, you know what, if we can't come to an agreement, I got the answer for you. We don't want them to make that decision. And I get it. I know it overlaps with some travel ball stuff, some stuff down in Florida, some stuff down over here and there and everywhere. But you know what? The high school league is going to take care of the high school league. And like it or not, the football system, that's the cash cow of it all. That's where it starts. That's where it stops. That's where it funds the, the referees, the lighting, you name it. It pays it. And I'm telling you, watch out for basketball. I'm concerned about them guys, those guys and girls, too. Because how is that going to work out, being indoors? You know, the one thing about football, the one thing about every sport, but the wrestling and the basketball is everything's pretty much outside, so you can at least spread out a little bit. I mean, there's a lot to it. It's not just uh, a quick fix and, and, and we can make this happen. Some of us have to bend a little bit. And, again, you know, I, I put some stuff out there, and uh, you, you got to see, I think Sumter was the first school that's already making some adjustments heading into the fall. And um, uh, a reporter out there in Columbia broadcast, you know, he put it out there on social media, and I said, hey, good work. And, uh, of course, I said, hey, adapt to the change. 
and I had some individual decide to, uh, those keyboard warriors decided to, to, to come at me, and I just said, hey, do what you do, buddy, but here's the deal. You know, nobody here wants to see any kid lose their season, but we've got to accept the changes that are coming because I'm telling you, you know, I don't want to see another situation like we did in the spring. Now, coming up at 6.30, we are going to be uh, live with Reginald Walker, Jr., former player with Joe Pye and the Nifty Lions back in his heyday, currently up there in Charlotte, North Carolina. He joins us every Tuesday at 6.30. And, uh, we're going to talk some, uh, some news with him. Of course, the Redskins, uh, that's a conversation. They're looking to possibly have a new name change over there. Uh, there is the Ivy schools who I believe are going to pull the first string and they're going to head to the spring, literally, right? And uh, I think that you'll see college football follow that rule. Uh, and of course, there's some other things that we'll get in here uh, that we usually do with Reginald Walker at 630. So a quick break, we'll come back, we'll lock them in, and we'll have the conversations. You're listening to Southern Sports Central Live right here on Blog Talk Radio. Don't go anywhere, guys. We'll be right back. Studios right here in Somerville, South Carolina, the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios. Of course, 
our guys and girls over there getting everybody ready, of course, as uh, their fitness center is up and running at 5913 Loftus Road, right over there in Hanahan, South Carolina. Give them a shout to make sure that they're going to have the doors open. If you're looking for that one-on-one workout, they'll get you with the right trainer for what you're looking to do. And, again, they do everything from agility to, of course, uh, the weight training and even get you on a weight plan as well at 843-573-7391. I bring Eugene back in. And, uh, well, just like that, look at that. Without doubt, we head to the Kemp Farm with the one and only Reginald Walker, Jr. What's up, Reggie? How's life on a Tuesday in Charlotte? Life on a Tuesday in Charlotte is a little overcast with a chance of great conversation on Southern Sports Central. How about that? <laughs> no doubt about it, man. It's good to have you, as we always do on our Tuesday 6.30 show, man. And, uh, man, a lot's happened uh, here in the state of South Carolina with uh, one gentleman who I'm sure you've seen social media. Even though you're there in Charlotte, you keep up with us here in South Carolina. And, uh, you know, a local gentleman kind of going back and forth a little bit with a high school player and uh, Jim Baxter, of course, uh, your thoughts on, on the South, on the SC varsity group of guys who decided to kind of, I guess, have it out with a, with a young man and do it via social media. Well, I mean, if, if that's the profile or the, pro, the, the uh, platform, if you will, that you're going to attack a kid, you better be prepared uh, to deal with the ramifications and the consequences of it. Um, the interesting thing that I would have told the gentleman, and I'm not going to get too deep into, to, where I'm at with it about certain things is he says, I believe one of the quotes was something to the effect of, if you don't like it, leave. Well, my response to him is if he does his research, he would understand that black folks were brought here. So he needs to do a little research on that first as he talks to a kid because he's talking to a kid with an inaccurate set of facts that he's throwing at this young man. So that's dead wrong. Um, Number two, you're an adult. You don't attack a kid. If you want to have a conversation, that's another thing. And I've said this long, uh, and I say this all the time, and and, and that's why I'm not going to stay on this too, too much um, as we discuss today. For me, particularly with social media, 240 characters or 120 initially, whatever it was, is not the place to have those types of conversations. I'm not suggesting... Uh, that the gentleman, and I'm not saying his name on purpose, um, that the gentleman uh, was misconstrued in any way. But what I am saying is that is not a platform uh, to talk about that and go 240 characters back and forth because the real points uh, can't really generally properly be uh, expressed the way they need to be expressed. That is a sit-down conversation um, that you need to have because clearly uh, this gentleman needs to be educated. And it seemed to me not only uh, the guys uh, from other organizations that were also adults, but it seemed to me that the kid had a better grasp of reality and how to have that conversation than this man did. Yeah, I would agree with you. And I actually had a chance to speak to that young man that uh, we're speaking about who, of course, uh, is a high school student. He's 16. Oh, by the way, he's not 17, not 18. He's 16. And, uh, you know, again, you know, there's so much that I had an issue with it. It wasn't just one piece of that onion that I was able to peel back so many different layers that really, for me, you know, had me kind of at a certain point in my life to say, I'm going to stand for what's right and, again, you know, make a statement. And, of course, I did that, and I stand firmly on behalf of those, uh, you know, statements that I made out just two days ago. Now, let's talk some other news. Ivy League coaches expected in the 2020 college football season 
to be uh, moving their season to the 2021. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, or, or at least lead me down the right path, Reginald. I believe these were the guys that college basketball did this and everybody followed. Am I right? And do you kind of expect yes. that this is kind of the domino effect that leads us the same way with the Power Five following behind? Hey, these guys are doctors and lawyers. Why wouldn't you follow them? <laughs> Absolutely. No, they, they canceled their conference tournament, which – uh, generally, and I'd have to go back and look because I know there was a discussion about expanding it, but generally they just take their top four um, and they kind of do a two-day deal uh, to decide their conference champion. And they canceled that this year well ahead of everyone else. Um, and so there, there, there was an example of the Ivy League deciding um, that they wanted to be uh, at the forefront of making decisions quickly. Uh, whether you believe they were right, wrong, or you're indifferent in their decision, uh, they were the first to make a decision and, and go full-fledged with the decision that they made. And you have to commend them for that. Again, uh, not to diminish any other schools, any other programs, any other conferences, but to your point, why are we surprised that the Ivy League uh, made a decision quicker than anyone else, regardless of what it was? Yeah, no doubt about that. And again, you know, when you look at somebody's got to make that first decision and then everybody says, oh, Okay, that works. I'm going to go that route. Now, here in the state of South Carolina, Reginald, there has been a few different, I would say, forecasts or opportunities or at least suggestions to having a season. Now, as of right now, it looks like they would play a few of the spring sports in the, in, in the early fall part. And, again, take football, what looks like going to be in the spring one. They're going to have a spring one and spring two, but spring one, which would be January to about March, you'd have football season. Not happy are the baseball folks when it comes down to it. Want to get your thoughts and opinions because you're not here in the state of South Carolina. And for those, of course, the baseball guys who are used to playing there in the spring, now they're forced to play in the fall, which, quite frankly, it's warmer in the fall anyways. But I guess there's maybe some overlapping with travel ball or some type of a club sport that makes these guys unhappy. But I feel that at the end of the day, if we somehow push this thing and put football first again, are they willing to take another chance, roll that dice, and then – Come spring, we could be right back to where we were this time last year? Uh, that's possible. And I think, I think the frustration uh, for a lot of people is, is just that it's, it's different. It's a different process. It's not what they're used to. Uh, obviously, you, you have some of your crossover athletes. Um, and then, listen, I, I'll say it this way. One of the things that we often forget about with baseball, because um, we all know that there's a lot of kids that play baseball and football. But one of the things that we forget, many of them, have a chance to get drafted for sure out of high school. And if all of a sudden they lose that season, things could look different for them this time next year as it relates to a draft. And so that may be part of the factor or for some of those young guys uh, as they look forward with their baseball careers more than football. Um, and then, I listen, I, I, to your point, weather is a factor one way or the other, right? It's warmer in the fall for baseball players. It's going to be colder for football players. Now, again, is this as much of a discussion? And I'm going to kind of take this piece of it and take us national with it. That works in South Carolina, probably North Carolina, Florida, Georgia, obviously, Texas, probably most of Texas, California. All of a sudden playing football in January does not work at Ohio State. It does not work at Wisconsin. It does not work at Colorado. It does not work at, well, Syracuse plays inside. But you start thinking about some of these places. Can you imagine? And, and some of the, uh, just think about some of the snowstorms we've seen. If you watch maybe a Big Ten game on ESPN at, at, 
at Michigan State in, in late January, early February, where all of a sudden Penn State can barely get there because of the snowstorm. I think that becomes a concern with football, and you start to wonder if the season's going to be able to get in anyway uh, because of some of that travel. Because I can tell you right now, guys, I've been all over the country and in many parts of the world. The two coldest places I have ever been was at a Wisconsin game in early November for obvious reasons, and the second coldest place, well, actually the coldest place, was it felt worse than the Wisconsin game, was years ago when Kansas was in the top five, Missouri was in the top five, and they played each other in Kansas City for basically the Big 12 North Championship. I have never been colder in my life working at a site of a football game than I was there. And that was December. I can't imagine late January, early February in that same type of environment. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of the fun thing that, that, that we may not – we kind of assume, of course, you guys that are just checking in with us, Reginald Walker Jr. joins us at 6.30 every Tuesday. And of course, he played at Penn State. So if anybody knows about that weather situation, we assume that you guys can play in it up there. But here's the news headline. A lot of guys aren't from that side of the world, right? I mean, you guys are recruited from all over the country. And you guys come in, for example, tonight at 830, we got a young man, Demarius Anderson, who's going to be heading to Eastern Michigan. Trust me when I tell you, at Stratford High School, over here at Goose Creek, South Carolina, he has no idea how cold Eastern Michigan is going to be in the dead of winter, correct? Absolutely not. And, that, and, and that's the other added piece of it. But think about a couple of years ago, one of the best games we saw in college football a few years ago, was Georgia at Notre Dame. It was in September. Can you imagine if that game is February 3rd? It's an entirely different environment. It's probably not going to be as well played. Um, If you're a Georgia fan, you're saying it's not fair because it's freezing and we're not getting a fair shake at this thing. Um, And so there's so many pieces that I think we still also have to consider uh, when we look at how this could play itself out. Um, and I think that's a way uh, for us to be aware. And to your point, a young man like that. I had a teammate um, who came, uh, he came to Penn State from Hawaii. The young man didn't even have, and he was fine. And then he, he, he around Christmas time, right before exams, he pretty much told us, I'm not coming back. It's too cold. I'm out of here. And we never saw him again. Never saw him again because it was too cold. And, 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 that's just Penn State. Pennsylvania is not as far north. Uh, I don't believe I'd have to look directly at a map, but it's not as quite as far north as uh, Ypsilanti, Michigan, uh, where eastern Michigan is, uh, where they've got the, uh, the silver end zones on the football field up there, the Eagles. Um, it's, it's, so you can only imagine a young man from Stratford High School, Goose Creek. Now, I had a teammate, Rodney Kinlaw, from Goose Creek as well. Right. Um, that came up to Penn State, played well. Kente Palmer uh, from Berkeley High School, Monk's Corner, came up to Penn State as well. Uh, Wally Richardson's from Sumter. So we've had a history of guys, Courtney Brown, a history of guys from South Carolina come up to Penn State and have some success, go up to the cold and have success. I'm not suggesting that's not possible, but it is a culture shock. And then to all of a sudden try to play a football game in late January when it's less than – in some places, 10 degrees or less than, in a lot of places, zero. 
that can change your life, and it could really make for some difficult situations uh, for some young people. So the fact and the thought process of perhaps playing football, again, I'm looking at this, right, we're talking about uh, uh, spring one and spring two as it, as it correlates to South Carolina. Uh, a lot, that's why a lot of northern schools have their spring ball later, March, April, you know, into May. Well, generally April, they get it done right before finals. Um, because they're trying to get a little bit of a weather break. Uh, there's a running joke at Penn State. If you don't like the weather, wait 10 minutes. I, I'll give you a great story. I was up there for a spring game. It was probably four years ago. And um, I, I got on jeans and a, a short sleeve shirt, and I'm walking from my hotel to the stadium. The spring game, I think, was at 1 o'clock that day. I left my hotel room at 11 or something like that. I was going to meet some friends. and So I'm walking, and – it's about 65 degrees and it's sunny. All of a sudden, I'm halfway to the stadium. A cloud pops up and it starts snowing. Temperature drops about 20 degrees and it's snowing. So I duck into a, score, a store and you know how college apparel is. It's not cheap. And I'm like, I have to buy a coat right now or I'm going to freeze. So I buy a coat 80 bucks later, walk back outside. I'm walking through the snow. Ten minutes later, as I arrive at the stadium, the sun comes back out. It's 68 degrees, and the snow is gone, and I'm walking around with a heavy coat. And that's in April. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that, that's, one, that's one thing that I can tell you. that There's, there's a lot of entities, and, again, that's kind of where I'm at with this thing. I, I understand that there's going to be, you know, uh, there's going to be answers over here, but yet, some decisions over there, right? I mean, and it's like I told Eugene earlier in the opening segment, we're just not going to find an antidote that everybody's going to walk out of here going, I love it, man. That, that's a good idea. Uh, unfortunately, I think it's going to be a 50-50 room because what makes these guys happy are going to make these guys over here unhappy. You know, and I think that's kind of one of the things. Um, another thing that came out that I'd like to catch up on you with, too, because we do talk about football here a lot more than some of the other sports, but because of COVID-19, a lot of sports have been X'd out. You saw Furman do away with their baseball program, which hopefully that's not going to be a long-term thing. But other sports programs are doing the same thing. Matter of fact, two schools, two colleges in Atlanta have canceled season already early. I mean, they're done. They're not even coming to play season. So with that being said, this was something that came out from a group over there at Sportico.com that colleges should be adding sports programs, not dropping them. Accounting for the tuition paid by non-scholarship athletes on team money that went onto the school's balance sheet, not the athletic department, concluded that these programs or those programs were actually net profit. Now, your thought on something like that, because we know, like everybody else, baseball doesn't have the pocket that football does or basketball does, and same goes for the spring sports. Talk to us a little bit about how they maybe need to relook at some of the things rather than subtracting, but maybe they can add and still – save more than just that one team in that one season? Well, the first thing I would tell people is to do their research, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but we have to remember, just because a student is paying tuition, all of that money does not go to the athletic department. That's, that's the first step. That money goes into the general uh, educational fund because, remember, uh, they're dealing with building maintenance. They're paying professors. Uh, they're doing assistantships for uh, graduate students. All of those things are a factor. Um, and then obviously the room and board part of it is a factor in terms of 
paying for the maintenance of the dormitories, uh, paying the folks that work in those cafeterias and those eateries on campus. So all of that adds up. So to, to the point, yes, the money is coming in, but those tuition dollars aren't generally moved to the athletic department. And, and the other thing I would remind folks is if you go to a lot of places, if you, if you look up um, a lot of these positions at these colleges and even uh, certain players, um, they are on scholarships or coaches are the, you know, the Richie Altman Memorial head football coach at Furman. That means you wrote that check. You've written that check for however much money, maybe a hundred years ago, 30 years ago at, you know, $150 million or whatever that number is. And that's what's paying the coach's salary. So a lot of these dollars in athletics are coming specifically for certain things, whereas in academia, a lot of the tuition dollars are going to the general school maintenance, research projects, all of those things as well as paying the different staff, faculty, maintenance folks, salaries, and the like. We're live right now, of course, with Reginald Walker, Jr. He joins us at 6.30 right here on the Kemp Farm Hotline. It's at 6.30 Tuesday afternoon, all the way from Charlotte, North Carolina, down here in Somerville, South Carolina. And, you know, we get back a little bit in some of the uh, high school Friday night lights uh, because those listening, a lot of these guys and girls listening are here in the state of South Carolina. We know what we're dealing with. But over there across the board in North Carolina, how is the high school league over there in North Carolina handling things and, and – and, have they put a halt on everything as they have in a lot of counties around the state of South Carolina? It's a little bit of a, uh, a, uh, a mixed bag, if you will. Um, uh, just uh, yesterday, um, some counties, uh, some county public school districts were allowed to begin practicing again, particularly football or whatever fall sports. They were allowed to begin to work out again together. Uh, the difference is that obviously there's a bunch of protocols and guidelines that everyone had to put in place. Some other counties are deciding not necessarily to start that process again to this point. So you have a mixed bag in terms of who is doing what uh, right now uh, across uh, the state of North Carolina. Uh, Back in uh, last month, uh, the North Carolina High School Athletic Association, um, they basically freed everyone to go back. Uh, I believe their vote allowed everyone to go back. I think June 15th was the marker, but most counties in the state, there may be one or two that actually did, but most counties in the state, I'm willing to say, did not uh, begin to start working out again until just this week. I'm not quite sure what made this week special. I think part of it was July. I think part of it was folks were kind of waiting to see what happened with phase two, uh, because North Carolina has essentially a a three-phase reopening program that they've implemented. So I think a lot of folks are waiting to see what was happening in the latter part of phase two. And with the initial plan, we would have already been in phase three already. However, uh, with the spike in numbers a few weeks ago, the governor extended phase two an additional three weeks, which would lapse, uh, I believe, not this coming, but the following Friday, um, which is the 17th. So July 17th and thereon, uh, we may see we may uh, see more uh, public school departments uh, commence and, and, and start to uh, allow their athletes to work out again. Uh, but right now, many of them are not. 
I'll tell you what, you know, the, the interesting part is that I think per county they're allowing certain things. And I've had this conversation, you know, Reginald, with multiple coaches across the state. And, and for me, you know, I almost want to say I wish that, 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 that each state would, would kind of basically say, look, if we're going to shut down this area, we're going to shut down the whole area. And it, it doesn't seem fair to some and it doesn't seem fair to others. But when you look at it across the board, right now there is a county right down the street from Dorchester County between somewhat Charleston and Dorchester County that is allowed to practice. They haven't spiked in numbers, so they're allowed to do things. My understanding, the charter schools here in South Carolina, they're able to practice. However, the other schools have been handcuffed and they are not allowed to move forward with practice. Your thoughts on allowing maybe each county to do their own thing, or do you feel that maybe the head of each high school league per state should kind of treat it accordingly? If you're going to shut one down, you got to kind of shut them all down to make it a fair game across the board when and if the season does kick off. Well, I, I think the latter part makes the most sense, and here's why. And I, I get that everybody wants to be able to, you know, go with their local leadership and trust them. But we talk all the time about the fairness in high school athletics. The equity in high school athletics is what we're looking for, which is why you have the different class levels in terms of state champions, your single A all the way up to your 6A, 7A, depending on how big your state is, 9A. Um, that's why you have that to create some balance, to create some parity, to create some equality across the board. Well, if you're going to do that, I, I think that you do need to go to the governing body and maybe you have some regional people or some district people or however you lay that out um, that, that gives input to these folks and come up with one decision. But, because I think while, yes, this, the numbers are different in different parts, and you and I talked about you, myself, and Eugene, we talked about this previously uh, here on Southern Sports Central about how the different regions and different environments are dealing with things different ways because their numbers are different. And so that does make it uh, somewhat an unequal thing. But at the same time, I think if you're talking about health and safety of student athletes, you're talking about creating – a playing field that allows everybody to have at least similar resources, right? I won't say the same because a school in, uh, you know, in, in, in Columbia may not have the same resources as a school in Dorchester County or vice versa. So I get that piece of it, but I think you do need to have that sort of one start date. Now, if you choose as a district or as a county or as a region or however you want to do it, if you choose to not start on the same day as everyone else, and you want to wait longer, that is certainly up to you. But I think when you have it all over the place, I think you'll see that that will manifest itself later. And I also think uh, it could have an impact on what the COVID numbers look like in the different regions as we get closer to the season. Because all, everybody that's working out now, that's great. But what happens if two weeks before their game, they get an outbreak? Because maybe somebody was asymptomatic for a while that causes a little bit of a problem. And coach, Hey, uh, this is Eugene here. I want to switch gears a little bit before uh, it's about 6:54, So I know we're going to, you're going to be heading out and uh, doing all your stuff up in Charlotte and probably uh, you got a lot of duties there at home. Um, talk to us a little bit about uh, the big sign, the big contract. And when I say pig, <laughs> the, the first half a billion contract in the yes. fall. I, I finally got to break into that today and got to see uh the ins and outs. And, you know, when, when I look at it for football with baseball, I remember, if you remember too, 
as well. Um, when A Rod signed two hundred and fifty six million with Texas, two fifty two is the first two fifty two. Right. Okay. Two fifty two is the first quarter billion contract. All right. Mm-hmm. And that was baseball, and money's guaranteed. So football, my first kind of like, eh, let's see how much it's guaranteed. Over four hundred million of it's guaranteed. And I was just it blown is. away. So uh, let's just open the door and get this out here because, wow, four, over $40 million guaranteed per year. That's a heck of a salary cap. I'm assuming they, they, they're looking at their future for the next 10 years and thinking they're going to win every game 56 to 50. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. Let me give you a quick little, uh, little nugget about the A-Rod thing real quick, and then I'll get right back to my homes. Remember, and I believe the owner was Tom Hicks. Tom Hicks bought the Texas Rangers, which included the stadium, for $250 million. And then the following year, he signed A-Rod for $252 million. So he got one player. He bought it from Bush. He spent more money on one player than he did on the team and a stadium. How about that? So that's a little little trivia for for the young folks out there, if they didn't know about that. Right, and who did he buy the team from? I believe it was uh, the owner now might be Tom Ricketts, but I can't remember. I don't remember no, if it was then. Ricketts then, to Hicks or vice versa. Bush. No, I thought he that, bought it from Bush and then sold you, it I think to Ricketts. Yes, and sold it to Ricketts. You're absolutely right. So, there, boom, even more history there. Look at us breaking this thing down. When you look at Mahomes' deal, I think the interesting thing to me about Mahomes' deal is, first of all, let me say this. Mahomes is 24 years old. Before he's 30, probably when he's 29, they're going to redo this deal. That's number one. Number two, the way they did this deal is very, very, very creative based on what I've read. And I read a, a, an article, I think it was Bill Barnwell, that, that broke the contract all the way down. And they have a lot of essentially roster bonus kickers, but they're paying out essentially two years in advance, 24 money is guaranteed like the first league day of the league year or early in the league year of 2022 and so on and so forth. Actually, I think that starts 2023 slash 2025 because he's still got two years left on his original contract, which is this fall uh, and the 2021 season, uh, which is still money from his rookie deal. Uh, So I think there's about 27, 28 million left there. And then they essentially tacked on the 400 whatever million. Uh, But the way they did this deal is they have essentially – they're looking ahead two years in terms of guaranteeing the money, which is why it's very, very beneficial for Patrick. On the flip side of it, it's very beneficial for the league because if you actually look at the average annual value of guaranteed money, it's only about 28 to $30 million, give or take, um, which is interesting because I remember uh, folks were saying when, when uh, the Carolina Panthers signed Teddy Bridgewater and essentially gave him about $21 million a year, uh, why would they pay that much for that guy? Well, in the next two years, Teddy Bridgewater is going to make more money than Patrick Mahomes. And Mahomes has been an MVP and, and, and won a Super Bowl. So I think people need to pump the brakes a little bit on some of these dollar figures because the way they structured it and the length of it, they essentially added about $480 million over 10 years. So it's the, the numbers say $48 million a year. But then the other thing to look at is the only thing that's fully, fully guaranteed is $140 million for injury. Everything else is kind of two-year escalators, two-year kick-ins, which basically allows them to look ahead two years, and I believe it's 2028 or 2020, 
cap, 2026, 2026, he'll have about a $60 million cap hit. Because the other thing, the way they do this math, is your salary cap number um, builds over the years off of what your signing bonus is or was. So it starts to escalate over time. So in about five years, all of a sudden, he's going to have a $60 million cap hit. Now, at that point, many think the NBA salary cap is going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 240 to $260 million per team because the, it's probably going, they're probably going to double their television revenue for the league in that time frame. Now, we don't know what the pandemic's going to do that, due to that, but that's part of the equation. So the math lays out to where they can stay ahead of this thing and probably, again, I mentioned 29 or 30 years old for Patrick Mahomes. It's about the time frame that he's going to have a $60 million cap hit. They'll redo that deal. And I was thinking of that too. And like you said, uh, you you brought up the TV money. Um, I'm thinking they they bet against they bet on TV. You know, just like you said with the pandemic. Whether it's this year, you know, now there's new talk of a possible other pandemic coming from uh, China. You know, TV money's going to increase. So I really think they bet on that. Plus, like I was telling someone else, you know, the team makes a ton of money from selling those jerseys and everything else. But my one my question is. Let's say he gets to 30, 31 years old. Maybe, you know, God forbid, I, I pray he doesn't. He's a, he's a great young man, has a couple injuries. If they ever decide to cut him, what do they still owe? And that's what I, I hadn't been able to kind of figure out in what years, you know, how does that play out? Because he still has the that key, guaranteed money. The key will be what year they cut him and at what point in time of the year. Because if they cut him, let's just say, I'm going to make this up. Let's just say they cut him December 2027. Or, yeah, December 2027. Well, they're already on the hook for 2028 because they would have, that would have kicked in the previous uh, 2026. So they're already on the hook. They're essentially, whenever they cut him, if it's before the beginning of the league year, they're on the hook for one more year because his, his kick-ins – for the essentially $30 million a year is always two years in advance. So if they cut him December 2026, they're going to pay him 2027, whatever the guarantee was. They're going to pay him whatever the guarantee was of 2028, and then they're done. Oh, now, if they well, wait man. and cut him in April of 2027, 2028 was, has already kicked in and then they have just agreed to pay 2029 probably three weeks before that. So with that, they're on the hook for two years. So the math for them is always going to be looking ahead a year and a half to two years. Are we good enough? Do we need to find some cap space? Is he still performing at the level we expect? If those things are happening and they feel good to look two years ahead and know that he can stay on the pace that he's on, then they'll continue to let those things kick in. Well, no doubt, brother. And like I said, you know, he set himself up that no matter what, seems like, you know, if they cut him, he's still got 40 more million coming. But um, we're at 701, man. The little worm thing on the laptop's going off, so we got to let you roll out. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll talk to you Thursday. Maybe definitely talk to you next Tuesday. That seems to be Taco and Reggie Tuesday. But uh, really appreciate everything you do. Uh, we got some orders here, so I'm going to send you a couple things on, um, uh, on Twitter uh, in the next day or so. But take care, brother. Absolutely. Stay safe. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, guys. This is always a good time for me. I always enjoy Tuesdays. 
because I know I'm going to have a good sports conversation with my guys down there, uh, down along the coast, if you will, or close to the, to the South Carolina coast. So I appreciate you guys. By the way, thanks for all that you do for high school football. Um, I, I still, to me, um, obviously, it's, it's, it's the purest sport out there. I love it. Um, I believe in it. I love what it can do for young men and young people. Um, and I just encourage any and everybody to continue to support high, support high school athletics and, and high school football as well. And so we appreciate you guys down at Southern Sports Central and everything you're doing. And uh, on that note, I'm going to get out of here. I appreciate, appreciate you guys. Have a good rest of the week. We are. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Reginald Walker Jr. Played his days for Joe Pond, Joe Paterno. That's right. He was a uh, Penn State Nittany line. He, uh, of course, uh, always joins us here at 630. We got a quick break. Don't go anywhere because we're heading to Dillon High School. That's right. We're going to go up there where some history is made year in and year out with one of the greatest coaches in the state. Of course, uh, we're going to be joined by one of their great All-Americans, Amari Huggins is going to join us. He's heading to Louisville, but before he does that, he's got a senior season and a visit right here with us on Southern Sports Central. Guys, don't go anywhere. You're listening to Southern Sports Central live on Blog Talk Radio. You're ready to rock and roll, head to Louisville 
once this season is done, you and I talked briefly last night about your plan as if things hand out. Looks like January you might be heading off to college. So the season that might be in January wouldn't affect you. And, of course, we have no idea what tomorrow is going to bring with the upcoming season. When you started looking at your colleges, and a lot of you guys in the state here in South Carolina, Amari, are picking out your schools early. Matter of fact, one young man here in Charleston committed today to Eastern Michigan. He's a wide receiver over at Stratford. But we're noticing then the pattern here. What made you guys decide to go ahead and get this out of the way? What made you decide that this is the place for you? You're going to go ahead and pull the uh, the string and go ahead and make that commitment verbally to the uh, the group over there in Louisville. Honestly, I knew like during this COVID nineteen. I mean, I knew it wasn't going to be any visits, and it was a school that really touched my heart, and I wasn't going to have them wait around. And I know I couldn't take any other visit to other schools. How hard was it for you, Mari? We, we, you talked about visits. I mean, that's something that even in my days in the 90s, you know, we, we look forward to taking those trips. Now, prior to everything shutting down, how, how many trips were you able to get to before, of course, March when things were pretty much put in a pause form? I mean, how many visits, how many colleges have you visited prior to making this commitment to Louisville? Uh, I would say I visit like, at least 13 out of the 33 offs, I uh, at least 13 of those schools, 14, That's somewhere around that nature. When you look at all the big picture things, and, again, I, I can only imagine the family there around you as you're, you're making that decision, how much did you lean on, lean on that family and say, look, I, I know what I want to do. Here's kind of what I'm thinking. And, of course, education has got to be on the forefront. Let's be real. I mean, we're there to play – you know, some football, but, but you're there to get that education, to get that college education and, and let it be taken care of. Why not by God giving talent to play the game of football? You know, when you looked at Louisville, what was it attractive about Louisville on the, I would say, academic side that really kind of pulled you in and said, this is where I want to continue my path and, and take the next three, if not four years of my life? Uh, I mean, Louisville, they checked all the boxes. I mean, like you say, academic-wise, it's one of the uh, best schools in the country. So, uh, a university, any university is, is good. So, I mean, I'm just going to go in. I'm, I'm going to try to major in uh, uh, sports management. There you go, sports management. Kind of keep up the theme. I like that because here's the thing, man. I, I think without a doubt you, you're looking, like you said, and, and in that field alone they do a really good job of emphasizing sports management there in, in Louisville. Now, back to your days on, on Friday Night Lights and, and – has it hit you yet that there's a small shot? There's a small shot that you played your last down wearing that Dylan jersey and playing under the lights, and of course, under, you know, that, that crowd that surrounds you guys. I mean, because I, I can speak on behalf of a, of a few guys. I've played in that stadium over there. At least I played in, against Dylan back in the day when Stan the Man, by the way, in 1995, this man ran for a billion yards, and that was just in the first half. He took off the second half, but he was an elusive cat, literally just – running through guys. He didn't run around you. He ran over you. I mean, he was like a bus, man. I can tell you the impacts he had. Uh, you, you start to kind of think about the, the crowd around you. Small Town USA, Friday Night Lights. It doesn't get any better than a place like Dillon, South Carolina. Kind of draw the picture for those guys who, who've never been to Dillon. What is Friday Night Lights? How does it start when you guys are, I guess, getting out of class? What is the procedure to you guys before you finally walk out on that football field? Um. We get out of class around one forty. We'll go to our we'll go to our uh, position coach classrooms and we'll chill. And around three o'clock, we'll go to the uh, middle school and eat our lunch. And we have a, a pregame talk, like a 
uh, scripture, a Bible verse, and they give us a little word before the game. And then we'll go over and trans- transition over to the field house, and we'll start getting ready, putting our clothes on and stuff. And then we'll head to the field, and it's on from there. You hear the band, it's on from there. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing like that band getting it up and running. The student section starts to rock a little bit, and the faithful. I mean, you know as well as I do, that Dylan faithful is as good as anywhere as it gets in the state of South Carolina. They pack out that stadium. They do an incredible job. The town still shuts down, if I'm not mistaken. I would imagine uh, that the ball coach over there with you guys, Coach Hayes, makes that. That's probably got to be a town rule that at 6 o'clock, it doesn't matter what business it is, you got to guys. You got to be at the football stadium. What's what's that impact like walking through town, knowing that year after year, you know, you guys are expected to be not only in the state championship but win the state championship. I mean, that's it's a great feeling. I mean, like like you say, no one else say anything less of doing football, so you know you have to go out there and win. If you don't, they're gonna look at you sideways. So that's why we're working hard every off season because we know like everybody expecting us to be in that last game. Now tell us the thoughts here. Of course, you guys uh, were in the state championship just what a little over a little under a year ago in December, and you played a heck of a ball game. I was there, way in Price Stadium. Great match up there. Everything. You guys looked fast, man. Everything was, was clicking. But it seemed like you guys have a lot of youth coming back. Not to mention the senior leadership that you and some of your classmates are going to be class of 2021 coming back. What's your thoughts on it, bringing this team back, coming in the fall? Hopefully for you guys at least, because again, I think you and I. You know, talked last night enough to feel like you guys, you, you may be heading out in January. So how big is it for you guys, for you personally, to be around here in, in of course, August, September to kick off? Like you say, we was young. Yeah, like the team we played in the state last year, that was the team we played and beat my ninth grade year, Chapman. They had the same boys. So, I mean, I feel we feel I feel good about going into this season because we got young guys that played a lot last year and a little bit before last year. So I feel great. We're live right now with, of course, uh, the young man, Amari Huggins. He's going to be heading to Louisville at the end of this year. Class of 2021, this young man had offers all around the country, and he decided when it was all said and done. By the way, I'm not sure who made your video, but a five-star video as well there uh, for your guy that, of course, put that together. And, uh, of course, uh, Dylan puts out athletes year after year after year. Give me a moment, man. What's so far up to this point, a memory that you'll look back at your days at Dillon High School, playing for the legendary coach over there, uh, that you'll always remember at this point, at this point of your time as a, a Dillon Wildcat. Uh, I mean, Coach Hayes, he's a guy like he's all, it ain't all about football. He's like a father figure to anybody, and he's gonna uh, mentor you for whatever you do. I'm gonna bring in Eugene. I know Eugene had a few things as well. Eugene, go ahead, bud. I'll let you ask him a few as well. So, uh, you know, one of the things you brought up was the sport management at Louisville. Um, you know, I actually know – actually a former coach. He's now at UNC. He's a receiver coach there uh, at UNC. Um, you know, talk to us a little bit about – I think you said you had 14 offers or you visited 14 schools that offered. Uh, can, can you give us kind of a little breakdown of some of those schools? Oh, yeah, I had 33 offers. I can't uh, name them in just a second. Uh, I had Virginia Tech. Louisville, Pittsburgh, App State, Arkansas, Baylor, Boston College, Charlotte, Coastal Carolina, Colorado State. I had Duke, East Carolina, Georgia State, Georgia Tech, Indiana, Kansas State, Liberty, 
Memphis, Michigan State, Middle Tennessee State, North Carolina State, Old Dominion, Syracuse, TCU, Toledo, UAB, Southern Cal, Southern Florida, Virginia, Wake Forest, Washington State, West Virginia, uh, Western Kentucky, <laughs> and I had <laughs> it was a couple. Awesome, schools, man. I think yeah, I know, man. Uh, um, so, so did you look at? I, I know I saw I watched your video a couple times. Oh, yeah, I had, I had and I saw the big envelope from Clemson. Um, you know, what was the connection, kind of, other than Coach Hook, as you mentioned that? You know, and I hate to say it, but the two big schools in South Carolina. Was there some type of a connection, or was it not? I mean, like I said, I saw the I saw the big orange envelope. You can't mistake that color. But um, you know, because like I said, I mean, you chose a school out of state, and it wasn't just like the next state over. You know, some kids um, in South Carolina pick Myrtle. You know, the North Carolina schools or Georgia. Yours is a few states over. So you know, I guess you know, I was kind of um, looking at it like. I mean, I, I admit I'm I'm a Gator fan, so I don't. Like, you know, particularly say, man, you should have picked South Carolina or Clemson. But, you know, what was it? Was there something about those that, you know, maybe they didn't show enough love or that you just said, hey, Louisville is exactly what I want? Uh, I mean, I planned it uh, before making my decision. I knew I didn't want to go to school in state. So my family, they said it would, it would move out with me wherever I go. So this wasn't a problem. And that's awesome, man. And so – you know, some of the schools that you listed and even the school you you're, um, you committed to with Louisville are very high-end academic institutions. Uh, you must have a pretty good GPA and test score because, you know, and, and I know, like, listed uh, Baylor, Duke, Louisville, all of these universities are part of that um, unique club where they're in the top, uh, I think, 40 in the nation. And I'm sure on your recruiting visits, and, you know, they explained all that to you, not only that, they have the graduate programs that are ranked in the first tier in the country. Um, you know, with the sport management, are are you looking at going into like you know being an agent, maybe uh, going on to law school after that? A lot of a lot of agents have a law degree, or are you looking at going into coaching or or athletic? You know, as an AD or or what? Yeah, probably in the athletic field, uh, AD or the coach, a college coach. Well, and I know Coach Hayes will always tell you, you know, you got a spot there if you want to come back and get your uh, your feet wet in, in, in the profession. Um, is there, you know, like you mentioned wherever you decide to go that maybe some of your family is going with you. Um, is this, was that part of the thing? Were you interested in kind of, you know, getting out of South Carolina? And I guess as a follow-up to that, did you grow up in South Carolina? Um, and, and you kind of want to go see something else and, and maybe experience something different? Yeah, I always grew up. I grew up in South Carolina. I always been around South Carolina. I got family all over. Like we the only, we the only set in our family that's really in South Carolina. And last year, last year in September, my grandma passed away. So it's nothing holding us back. That's cool. And um, one of my stepsons, he actually uh, grew up in South Carolina. You know, in Somerville, Charleston area. Did a couple of years up in Myrtle Beach, and then came back. You know, to Oceanside. But um, you know, he ended up signing with the school further school that offered him, and that's Notre Dame College, uh, a Division II school. They've been in the, the national semifinals the past couple of years in Cleveland, Ohio. You know, and part of his thing was, you know, somebody's going to pay for it, man. I want to get the best education. I want to see something different, a different part of the country. I want to explore, you know, 
whatever there is out there and see it. Um, and so I guess similarly, is that kind of what you were looking at was kind of like, you know, if someone's going to give me this chance and this opportunity and they're going to pay for it, man, I'm going to go, you know, get the best chance and the best opportunity I can take. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm going to use them just like they're going to use me. So that was part of, part of the uh, decision too. And that's awesome, man. And so uh, when you, you have this season coming up uh, and, and then, are you planning to enroll early or anything like that? Or are you one of those guys that's going to try to graduate in December or January? Have you talked about that or thought about that yet? Yeah, the plan is to graduate in December and enroll in January. That's awesome because then you get in. So so one thing, I was looking at your video, and I commented on that at the start of the show. Um, now, you know, your commitment where you're running the route, you're, you're doing your digs and your cuts. Uh, give us some height, weight. Uh, 40 times, some high jumps. You know, give us the stats and we'll ring the bell. Uh, my 40 is a 444, four, 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 a 442. Four, 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 uh, uh, my height is 5'11 and a half, and I'm 163. My L, my L drill and drill cone drills is a 4'1. My broad jump, the uh. Ten, a ten, ten and a half, a ten. Uh, what else? That's probably it. No oh, problem. Yeah, vert, uh, you, thirty-nine. Oh, you got a high vertical, thirty-nine inch. That's that's <laughs> that's over three feet, buddy. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I won't even try to tell you. I, I think I'm at like eight inches. But um, uh, you know, and and one other thing I wanted to hit at you with um. <laughs> Sorry, I just lost my train of thought with that broad jump, man. I'm just picturing – oh, that's it, with other sports, because I was just picturing you dunking a basketball. Man, a lot of the Dylan oh, yeah, guys – um, you can dunk, I figured that. A lot of the Dylan guys have played multiple sports, going back uh, to, to the guys playing offensive line who were pitchers on the baseball team, and they end up being offensive linemen at University of South Carolina, same as uh, a couple of receivers – there are a couple of basketball guys as well that played football. Uh, do you play multiple sports? Oh yeah, I play baseball. Baseball is my that was my primary sport. And I mean, like ever since a child, I went to the World Series and all. I thought that would be the uh, sport I go to school to play for. But otherwise, <laughs> well, you know, and, and the football thing kind of worked out. Like you said, if if baseball was your primary sport, you know, football's giving you. Uh, Probably about a two hundred thousand dollar free education, but um. So so, what was your uh, position in baseball? Oh, I played center field. I played I played short during like my my minor leagues. When I got up to high school, I played center field. So you're a rangy guy that can track things down. Um, so I'm guessing that also you know coaches probably looked at you probably in in middle school or maybe B team JV. Uh, did you play a little bit of defensive back or safety as well? No, I always play offense. Never had took a snap on defense. <laughs> never, you've never taken a snap on defense. That's awesome. <laughs> no, sir. Uh, but now I was looking at these, you know, your numbers there as we were talking through it, and uh, I'm guessing, you know, coming up in the, in the little leagues, you're probably a quarterback or something like that. You know, I always put the the most athletic kid on the field at quarterback and just say go make yeah, plays. I, I, was that was that you? Actually, I was a quarterback. 
I was a quarterback. That's awesome. Uh, Rick, uh, I Rick. figured that. Yeah. So, so last question, um, and I'm going to give you back to Richie. Uh, have you talked to the guys up at Louisville? Uh, is there some number, some jersey, something special to you that you're hoping for? Uh, I told Coach I would like anything one through nine, one through nine, or either left. No problem, man. And hey, you know we wish you the best. I hope you guys get into the season. Uh, I might be consulting in a game or coaching in a game against you if we get that far in playoffs. But you know, uh, you know, I hope to hit you up on the sideline or or midfield before and after the game, man. I wish you nothing but success. Uh, I got a couple kids I train. I train specialists, especially the kickers. And so when you get to Louisville, we might have to hit you up and come take a visit, man. Is that cool with you? Yes. Awesome, man. Well, take care. I'm going to turn you back over to Rich. And uh, you stay safe, be healthy. Uh, wish you this, uh, the best and a successful season. I got you. Live right now with Amari Huggins, of course, Dylan Standout, young man. He's a stud heading all the way to Louisville, Southwell, Louisville. Of course, he'll be a Cardinal in just, what, few months away. He says January is the day that he'll head out. And, uh, again, realistically, I think you guys, and, again, I've had the conversation with a lot of athletes that have committed early that you guys have said, look, you got to do what you got to do now. You got to go ahead and close this part of your doors so that you can start focusing on the other part. Is, is that kind of why you decided to go ahead and commit now so that you can focus on what's going to be the part of the next three or four months of your senior year that's going to be, I guess, like you mentioned, graduating early? Yeah. Uh, making the decision early is not only saying what you say, but uh, you can start learning the playbooks and stuff like that. So, like, that was a big part. Right. I love the fact, number one, that you're a baseball guy. Of course, I went to South Carolina. I was a big baseball guy myself there. Played football as well. But uh, I was a left-handed pitcher. But I got a lot of respect for my center fielder. That's the guy that can kind of – he controls the outfield. He gets to that left side and that right side as quick as anybody. He's kind of the the shot caller dead square behind me. What the catcher doesn't see, my center fielder handles. And, again, uh, any chance that you double up, man, I know we've had some dual-sport athletes, and it happens a lot of times in basketball and football – and we've seen some in baseball and football, but any chance these guys are going to let you fling a little bit of baseball in the spring? Uh, w- will I play baseball in the spring? Yeah, would you, it, it, given the opportunity, given the opportunity, let's just say the baseball coach comes up and says, well, man, I've seen some film. I heard about your abilities to track down a ball in center field. We need a center fielder. A- any chance that that could happen for you? And, again, you know, you see football players at times run track in the spring. Why not another sport and play baseball? Are you are you asking in college? Oh yeah, most definitely. I yeah, in college. Yeah. Yeah, I love the fact that you, that baseball being your number one. And shoot, if you're as good as you are in football, I, of course I've heard how good you were in baseball. So you have that going uh, in that direction. Of course, family is a huge deal to you. I've heard you with Eugene mention your family about nine different times, man. Uh, and I and again, our you know our condolences going to you losing your grandfather, man. I know that's a hard thing to deal with, and and. Uh, Unfortunately, I, I know exactly that feeling as you're getting ready to go off to college, man. That's a that's a big deal, right? And I can imagine the, what was going through your minds. But as you mentioned, family was going to move wherever you went. Who was a close second? I know Louisville was that school. Who was probably the one giving Louisville the biggest fuss out of the 30-plus uh, offers that you had around the country? It's crazy because Virginia Tech was my first offer. And just like a month ago, I was thinking about pulling the trigger there. Hmm. 
What about Virginia Tech, man? They got that lunchbox. They got that third quarter, uh, I believe it's third quarter, uh, you know, ritual that they do there. Have you made it to a game there on Saturday night? Have you, and then how many games have you been to in the college atmosphere in your junior year as you were trying to make these decisions early? I made a couple games. Actually, Virginia Tech, I went to like five. I visited on campus like five, seven, <laughs> two, seven times. It's just that they had a I lot believe of they played entertainment, man. Yeah, it's just that they had a lot of transfers. Receivers, they had six receivers, six wide receivers transfers, and that had me thinking, like, ah, should I? That was a big question right. I asked myself. Well, that's a mature decision. I mean, when you start seeing people start to kind of abandon, move in different directions, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. And, and I know Eugene mentioned Clemson, but we are seeing this pattern. And I'm just curious, and, and, and you can be as honest as you need to be, or you can decide not to answer. It's up to you, bud. But – so many of you guys are leaving our state. So many great athletes. I mean, you guys are studs. I mean, right after you, we're going to visit with a guy that I know, uh, you know, Justice Boone, who's heading down to Gainesville here as well in January. And uh, as I mentioned, Demarius Anderson, who's going to be heading to Eastern Michigan. Uh, all three of you guys are, are taking your amazing talents and leaving our state. What, what is it about the state there that, that, that just, that, that I guess, wasn't as attractive as it was for you at Louisville or even at Virginia Tech? I mean, the in-state schools really don't recruit in-state, I would say. Hmm. That's probably the best answer I could have asked you for, man. Well, I do want to say this on behalf of all of us at Southern Sports Central. We're super proud of you, all that you have done in the classroom and the reward that you are getting on the football field. Again, without the grades, correct? I mean, the grades are what got you to Louisville, and it's not the easiest college to get into, my man. So uh, I can only imagine how proud the family is. Uh, that you're getting the opportunity to go get yourself a college education, right? You're getting ready to become a, a high school graduate, and that's that's a huge deal to us here, of course. You know, we love seeing the success stories and reading the articles. And I was at the game, by the way, uh, when you guys were playing in the state championship on the sidelines. So I, I watched you guys ball out, man, young but eager and, and just ready to just do whatever it needed to be done. Just a, a few more minutes, that game goes in a different direction, I feel. But – Nevertheless, man, I'm really proud of you. I can't say it enough. We want to get you back in here as the season either comes together or as it doesn't. Uh, we'd love to kind of keep a tab on you and, and keep you in here, and let's, let's uh, keep the communication going. But, uh, Amari, again, congratulations uh, on making this huge decision to go to Louisville, and uh, we look forward to watching you in your next chapter, young man. Thank you. All right, buddy, there you go, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Amari Huggins, and he is heading to Louisville, and he is one of the many – outstanding young men that come out of an impressive program at Dillon High School in Dillon, South Carolina. They have put talent all over the board. I remember, and I mentioned it earlier, Stan the man. I mean, Stan Manning was uh, probably one of the biggest, fastest, just, I mean, smash mouth running backs that would run through you. He didn't even waste any time, of course, as he would just kind of lean that shoulder down, and here he comes. So hold on tight. We got to take a break, and we come back. We're going to head over and talk to Mr. Justice Boone. He is at Sumter High School. So the bus is going to take a trip just a little bit towards that Columbia State Capitol. Of course, Justice is heading over to the Florida Gators. But before he does that, we'll talk to him right here as you're listening to, of course, Southern Sports Central Live right here on Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome back, everybody. We head right back to the Tim Fart Hotline. That was the Gator Band. They're down there in the swamp doing what they do. And, of course, Justice Boone is going to be listening to that band do it multiple. I mean, multiple times. And Dan Mullen is always, always putting points on the board in that massive defensive front that always continues to reload year after year. You're part of that conversation here in the class of 2021. Justice Boone joined us now from Sumter High School. Justice, what's up, buddy? Man, I thought we had him there, and, of course, he dropped right off. Hopefully, we'll catch up with him in just a minute, and uh, maybe give him a great intro, but hopefully, uh, again, Justice, uh, jumping back in here now. Justice, you got it, buddy? Are you there? Yes, sir. I'm here. All right, man. So, uh, we gave you the nice intro, man. We got a chance to kind of sit there. How many times have you listened to that band and that fight song down there with the Florida Gators, man? I tell you, you guys play it every time you score a touchdown. If you stop somebody from a first down, it's definitely going to be a song that you're going to hear in your sleep. Yes, sir. So I had a conversation today with uh, Carlos Dunlap's father, who uh, has sent me a ton of uh, of information and how proud he is for you to be the second man here in the state of South Carolina heading down there to the swamp to do some things. But uh, I believe it was 24-7 Sports released out a uh, some information about you heading down to Gainesville to play for the Florida Gators, and I believe it was uh, the retweet that you got from Carlos that that really got you pumped up, man. How cool is it to have a guy that you can lean on right here in your home state that not only has played for the Florida Gators, but he's playing in the NFL, and that's kind of showing you the path that you need to take to get to where you're going. Right. um, That just uh, seemed to me it was just a big deal, you know, from somebody like you said, from past experience playing with Gators and all stuff like that, you know, just – it just like like you said, being in his position and him, you know, promoting me to go there, it just was a big deal for me. Now, of course, you're playing up there with the Sumter Gamecocks currently. Your your senior season is kind of in question when it starts in football, at least in August, or maybe they start them a little later in the month of January. We uh, just had on a, a young man out of the same class as you, Amari Huggins, over there, and Dylan joined us that we talked to him about. The same thing, of course, you two guys are, are all Americans coming out of the state. You're heading to universities uh, just even a state or two or three away. What was it about Florida that, that made this such a, 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 a guarantee, a place that you knew this was going to be home at least the next three, if not four years, when I know you had uh, – how many exact offers were on the table before you decided Florida Gators was your stop? Um. It's hard. It was hard. It's, I ain't a star. It's hard to keep up. But I want my mom and them did. So I want to say they said it, it, I was at twenty-two, um, twenty-two offers. No, you had twenty-two offers. That's that's a lot of that's 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 a lot of conversation that you got to go back and forth there with the family and and decide. Okay, here's what's good. Here's what I'm looking at. And, and we started to kind of look at your size coming in here. Uh, the last numbers I have is you coming in. By the way, defensive end. Mm, Six five two forty, every bit of what Sumter has always had, and it's something about Sumter's defensive ends that you guys are just bigger, you're faster, you're able to play that position, you're able to get off that line and get into the backfield and disrupt any place at, at any time. First, I guess maybe give a little love to that off that defensive line coach or your position coach. What is it about this guy who continues to just put out these athletes in this same position year after year? Uh, for one, I can say that whatever he's taught them before, he's keeping the same thing. He's not changing up anything. He's doing exactly what he's been doing because obviously it works. 
or whatever like that. Uh, we never, ever, ever take off no day. We never doing nothing that's not productive. Like I, like um, like he can he can say the head coach can say we D line over there. We always working. We always doing something to be um productive. Always something that's gonna make us better. So I mean, I guess all you can say for him is that he's doing the same thing, and obviously it works. It definitely obviously does work as you guys continue year after year to put guys out in this position. And I'm looking at a lot of your offers. App State, of course, was there. How crazy was it there when you kind of look at Arizona State, Arkansas, of course, I know that there is actually a guy on the running back, the head running back coach, uh, Jimmy Smith, who coached in high schools in Atlanta. Then he found his way to Georgia State. Now he's the head running back coach at Arkansas. But he grew up. Right there in Wilson, not too far down the road in that Florence area from you guys at Sumter, Georgia was on your list. Georgia State, like I mentioned, Louisville, North Carolina, NC State, Oklahoma. Out of all these schools, and even South Carolina's on the list, there's a handful of schools on this list when you look at it, Justice. Florida, of course, you're number one. But who gave you the biggest push and the biggest pull that made it harder and harder for you to kind of decide between the two until you finally made that decision? Um. That's tough. Um, well, of course, my in-state school, they really pushed the issue. We could still continue to push the issue. Um, I would have to say, of course, Florida pushed the issue. Um, and North Carolina was pushing it. A lot of schools, uh, mostly all my offers, they were really, you know, getting after me, recruiting hard. But um, after after a certain t- after a while or whatever like that, some well, once I commit, of course, a lot of them backed off, and it was really like, South Tennessee and Arizona State that like kept on pushing, kept on trying to cool me even after I um, committed to Florida. Now let's go to Arizona State real quick, and we are going to get into you, Gators, because this is going to be home for the next three or four years. And oh, by the way, at that position you play, kind of a pipeline to the NFL through the swamp, if you know what I mean. Arizona State, man, whoa, that's huge. I mean, for these guys to recognize a guy like you hanging out over here in the Palmetto State, and you got, I believe your recruiting guy was. Uh, uh, Rodriguez, as he was able to to get one on one with you, and, and you mentioned this is one of the out of three other schools that are still trying to recruit. How does that work? Even though you're verbally committed, are you still getting like you say a lot of a lot of contact? These guys emailing and and just trying to stay in touch with you and talk a little bit about what did you like about that school over there on the west coast in Arizona State? Um, the process now is just you know basically talking about flipping me. Um. Um, you know, they just still recruit me as if uh, – honestly, I feel like they still almost recruit me as if I'm not committed to somebody like that. They haven't let up um, – ever since the, the day I committed, they haven't let up. They've still been uh, – well, of course, Arizona State started once I committed because I got that offer the day after I committed. But since I got the offer from there, they was um, – you know, they were recruiting me, you know, telling me what, what's the positive side from them and stuff like that. On um, the process, it's like – like it's weird because I mean at the same time in my mind I'm thinking okay I'm committed I'm going to this school but I mean in their position they think you know they're still telling me all the positive things that I can get if I flip and come to their school and stuff like that but it, I mean I enjoy the process I mean it, it it makes me think a little bit but I kind of I kind of feel that I kind of know what I want to do. No doubt about it. We're live with the Florida Gator commit Justice Boone. He of course is a coming-up senior over at Sumter High School, and he's got uh, his decision and verbally has been made to go to the University of Florida to be a Gator here in the upcoming graduate class. If you graduate in December and head out in January, it's kind of a plan 
as Justice and I talked about last night. Now, uh, again, when you start to kind of look at some of these guys coming at you and having these conversations with you, you got a pretty good coach down there in, in the swamp that's staying on you. I know that you constantly have that conversation. I see your social media there with him. Tell us, man, this guy is a hungry, healthy guy who he stays pretty busy in the state of South Carolina recruiting you guys. Right, yes, sir. So tell us about Coach Coop, man. Coach Coop is a guy who, who it seems like he's a player's coach. He's really relatable to you guys from some of the other guys I've talked to that he recruits and has recruited him as well. Uh, what is your relationship with him, and, and how important is it? Because I think that's something that a lot of these guys that are getting ready to go through this process, maybe they're a junior or sophomore, that, that, they, that you would like to maybe give some advice about getting that relationship with your recruiting uh, coach, that one-on-one conversation that you had that probably, I would imagine, Coach Coop has a lot of reason why you picked the Gators. Um, that that whole thing, me and Coach Coop relationship, oh, man, it's um, it's almost like ever since the first time he followed me on um Twitter, we've been talking like every day since then. Since I got to follow um follow on Twitter from them, me and him been talking um, like I like me and Coach Coop, we like extremely cool. It's almost like um. Like I've known him for a while. It's, he's the type of coach that I can call on any day if I just want to ask a few questions about something, talk to him about this player, that player. Um, when it comes down, you know, helping recruiting my teammates, I mean recruiting other recruits to um to come play with me at Florida, stuff like that. Um, it just it just it just almost like I it's he's just somebody that I can call anytime, any day, and I know that he's gonna pick up, he's gonna keep it real with me and stuff like that. It just it's a good relationship, especially you know, saying that it's built, and I've and I've seen him in person like twice, right? Like that so I say it's like it's it's extremely strong. It's really good to say I've only seen him in person twice, and we already extremely tight. Like I said, I can call on him anytime, and I know he'll keep it real with me and let me know what I need to know. No doubt about it. We're talking to Justice Boone. He plays his senior season, upcoming here in class of 2021. He's heading. To the Swamp, he'll be playing for the Florida Gators. Of course, his direct coach is me, Coach Coop. He's the player personnel, defensive line recruiter, and uh, all that over there at Florida. Now, Dan Mullen is a guy who I enjoyed. I mean, this guy was winning at Mississippi State. There's no doubt he comes back to the Swamp where he's coached before and has taken this program right back to where we've seen the days of, of course, the Urban Myers. At least it's in that projection, if you ask me and as well as Steve Spurrier days. And, of course, those are guys, well, at least Spurrier's probably your, your parents' age group was mine. But when you look at this, uh, have you made that trip to Gainesville? And tell us about your visit down there. What, what kind of impressed you the most about going to Gainesville and, and your trip down there? Um, I've been to Florida twice. I went for one game for when they played against Vandy, and then I went on the junior day. Both things, Both times I went down there. The first time I was uncommitted, but it almost seemed like it, when I first went down, it almost seemed like I was already committed. I like I was already a part of the team, so it was just real homey. And then when I definitely got down there, um, when that once I committed and I went down there for the junior day, it was it was crazy. I just felt like I was I was already a player just walking around with the other dudes, how well they treated me and stuff like that. Um, Florida, like I say, it's a great school. I mean, when you think about Florida, I mean, you just think it's Florida. Why would I not? And then on top of that, like it just like I say, the program, how the defense stuff set up, it just like is right for me. The type of player I am, the type of way that I play, it just like it's set up for me. Yeah, no doubt about it. He's a big defensive end. The cat stands uh, a mile high, and he's as fast as any young man I've seen coming out across the corner. And again, 
Sumter does just that. They breed defensive ends. It's kind of like a defensive end pipeline for any college that's looking for some speed and as well size. And you put both of those together, and you've got this young man, Justice Boone, who is going to be heading down there to the swamp. Now, when you go to academics, man, that's another big thing. I know that you and I talked about last night. What is your major? What is something that you're going to be looking into? And I know we, we you kind of, you and I talked a little bit about it, but uh, what do you lean into as far as the academic part of your trip down there as you uh, get ready to head down to Gainesville at the end of the year? Um, at the moment, I'm kind of, you know, I've I've had in my mind for the longest that I wanted to take up forensic science. Um, in college and major in that and pursue my career in that. Um, but at the moment, I kind of like I'm at a mile a milestone trying to figure out exactly what, if that's what I want to do is if I want to do something else. Um, I know it may sound funny or whatever like that, but in my mind, I, I feel like um, God, God, I pray that I go to the league. After I go to the league, I want to either go into the military or I want to try to like get into politics or possibly be the president. <laughs> And stuff like that. So I kind of, you know, at the moment, just trying to figure out what do I have to major in to put myself in that position, or whether I want to just keep what I've always had in my mind to do and, and um, pick up forensic. So you know what? I like what you had to say there because who knew that we were interviewing a future president of the United States, <laughs> Justice Justice Boone? I like that man. Hey, let's go to that player. You can do the military, you know, you can, you know what, why go to the military when you can run the military? That's what I tell everybody, man. Be the boss. <laughs> That's the boss. So, I'm in, dude. So, let me know what year, and, and Eugene and I will we'll be your campaign managers, and we'll knock this thing out of, of the park, no doubt. I love the way you're thinking. I, you know, I think it's a, it's a great plan. Get that college education, man, and keep it, keep it moving in the right direction. And, and again, you've seen this. You've seen wrestlers do it in WWE or F, depends on what, how old you are there. You've seen NFL football players, major league athletes, they get out of the league and they go in to the office. And, again, I, I love your, your, your path. And, again, you, you've got at least a direction that you're leaning into, and I'm real proud of the year to say the president, man. I'll tell you what, man, that's, that's music to my ears. So I love to hear that. But uh, I am going to turn you over to a guy, and I told you last night on the phone that the guy that does the show with me, this guy is a Florida Gator guy. He's probably sitting in his – in his living room right now, wearing that Florida Gator gear and the face is probably painted up, Justice. So bear with him. Eugene, he's all yours for about 10 minutes, buddy. No problem. You know, you kind of nailed it. So um, I, I had my Gator flip flops. And by the way, Justice, I don't know if you saw that. They kind of look like the rainbow flip flops. They dropped uh, <laughs> two weeks ago. I was down in Orlando at UCF with a, um, a kicking competition. I trained kickers. And I asked the driver to pull over in uh, the Garfield area um, to <laughs> I got I, and uh, so I could hit those uh, flip flops and getting them from Fanatics uh, and I got my Gator T-shirt delivered. But the one thing that I bought and I don't know if you've seen them yet are the uh, light windbreaker jackets that are of the Gator scales. Have you seen that green one with the Gator scales? No, sir, I haven't. All right, you just. Just text me your, or, or hit me up after the show and let me know your size. I'm, I'm guessing based on the the whatever, um, I'll, I'll have Richie donate it from like a charity event so that we don't break any rules. But uh, and, I, and I'm saying that tongue in cheek, man. I'm not going to get you in trouble. I'm just excited. You know, I was probably nah. I can't say I was probably as excited to you, but when I saw that graphic came out, and you know which one I'm talking about on Twitter because <laughs> when, when it was you and Carlos. 
and then Carlos retweeted it. I just want to know, when you looked at your phone and saw it, did holy sh- come out of your mouth or something else? <laughs> a little bit of something like that, yes, sir. So tell me, what did you think? You know, who was the first person that you screenshot that and text it to? Talk to me about it, dude. I mean, you're following in the footsteps of Carlos Dunlap. He's already anointed you like the next guy. Yeah, like whenever I got that thing, I think um, I was I was in class, and I think I, I had to walk out of class. I was so excited. I think um, I told I told my teacher I said I need to go outside. I need to go outside. She was like, "What's what's going on?" I was like, "Um, my NFL player just um retweeted my thing and said some things to me and stuff like that." So I just I think I went outside in the hallway and I had to go to the bathroom because I was being extremely loud. And then um, as soon as I like once I you know settled down from that, I screenshot it and showed um. I had this football group chat. I put it in the group chat, and everybody after that just started coming down to my class, trying to see the um, tweeting all, all the other football players. So, um, give me your height and weight right now. Um, I'm six five two forty. Six five two forty. All right. So Carlos was six seven, but he's a little bit thinner than you. Um, so you're coming in similar to the dude from Washington D.C. area. They came in as a five-star guy. So, 6'5", 240. So, what are you, like a 2X? No, sir, I'm an extra large. So I'm a little I'm, – I'm heavy, but I'm kind of I'm kind of big slim a little bit. Yeah, well, I know. I, I saw the picture, man. I, I, like I said uh, on, on uh, Twitter, man, uh, you're actually my, my new favorite Florida player. I mean, um, uh, but – so, the picture and the graphic had you in number six. Have you uh, already talked to the staff about that? Um, I most definitely pushed the issue to them when I went up there. Um, that number means a lot to me. So when I went up there for the junior day, I asked Coach Mother, I asked Coach myself, could I get it? No doubt. Um, I'm gonna actually uh, want to show you something. I'm gonna actually put this out here on uh, on the tweet just real quick. Um, and, and so, so actually, you know, you brought that up with the six. Tell me about the six. You know, what is it that uh, that six means so much to you? Um, it's kind of it's kind of touchy with me a little bit. Um, whatever like that. Um, whenever I was six years old, it was just like, um, me, my mom, and my brothers and stuff like that. It was just like uh, we was going through some stuff or whatever like that. And then um, at the age is like where I really had to grow up and start um, you know, pulling my part around in the house and you know being a little extra help in the house because it was just us. Wow, man. Um, I, I can't even compete with that. I should have just tagged you in a picture. I just took a picture of my on the uh, on the counter there and sent it to you, but wow. Um, and, and I know you don't know exactly what you want to study, and that's okay because a lot of the freshmen coming in, you know, you'll, they already mentioned to you about the, um, you know, kind of the, the freshman orientation where you take some classes, and kind of you're in a group with a bunch of people where you kind of take the general ed classes, and they kind of can expose you to the different programs and majors and things like that. And then, like, your second year, if it, you would apply to, hey, you know, I want to go to the engineering school. So you'd apply to the engineering school or um, poli-sci. Um, but I'll tell you, you know, the political science program there, which sounds like that might be up your alley, would be a heck of a thing for you to look into. And the connections from the University of Florida from – past governors and senators and everyone else. I mean, I get it, Tallahassee's in the state capital, but if you were looking big time, man, uh, University of Florida is where it's at. 
Yes, sir. So you, you said you visited the campus twice, and I know once was the Vandy game, um, and, and then you visited again. So, you know, I've been down that road. You're, you're going down. You're coming out of Sumter. You're probably going at 26 to hit 95. You get past Jacksonville, and you start heading over, and it's kind of like you go through the middle of nowhere for a little bit, traveling through little towns like Stark and whatnot. Um, when you get into Gainesville, it just kind of opens up. You know, uh, what's that What's that like to you? Because to me, it's a little bit similar to South Carolina because it's the same kind of size city. You know, it's a big major university and, and kind of a, you know, a medium-sized city. Uh, but what's that like to you? Like, what what is it like? Because growing up in Sumter, it seems like some kids either grow up in rural areas and they want to go to big cities, or they're in the big city and they want to go somewhere to college town. It seems like, you know, it's kind of similar to where you're from. Um so what was it that kind of sold you geographically on that? Um, like I said, like my city is something. It's like if you mention something, somebody be like, "What? Where is that?" Something like that. So it's like a real small town, but I mean, we got what we got. So when I went up there to um went up to Gainesville, it was kind of the same thing. Even though their mall was a little bit bigger, they probably had like a, a few more stores and stuff, different stuff um than us down here. It was just kind of like that for me. It was like. I want I wanted to get away from home, but at the same time I don't want to be in no you know big no big big city until I'm ready to go there and stuff like that. I just want to be somewhere where I can feel at home and be focused on exactly what I want to whatever exactly what I want to be get accomplished from going to school. I don't want to be somewhere with you know like you say big city and not like that because I want to don't have so many distractions or so many things that. I can easily get distracted to do or something like that. I just want to be able to focus on exactly what I need to focus on so I can be hopefully going out of college by um, my my junior year or whatever like that. That's really my plan. All right, well, you, you got to give me two things, and both of them have to, have to do with shoes. One, you can't ever wear gator shoes anymore. You can't be a gator and wearing gator on your feet, man. You just can't do that. <laughs> and number two, and number two, when you get to the, I'll, I'll say let's wait till the junior year. You don't want to come in as a freshman because you ain't earned it yet. When you come in as a junior and you're an All-American, you got to kind of tap coach on the shoulder and say, come on, man, you can't wear a three-piece suit with them white Nikes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you've seen that yet, but my man wears the suit yeah. with the blue and orange and the white Nikes. You can't do yeah. that. <laughs> but anyway, hey, I'm super proud of you, man. I am so thrilled. Uh, to have a Sumter Gamecock uh, turn into uh, a Florida Gator. Uh, I'm assuming you're a Gamecock. Cause I, I now know there are two high schools in Sumter. You're a Gamecock, right? Yes, sir. Awesome. You know, and, and like I said, no matter where you went to school, it, I'm proud of you guys. Any guy that has a chance that's busted their butt all their life to go to the next level, that gets that opportunity, man, you go do it. I'm so happy to, to have had this chance to share a few minutes with you. And I get it because I'm a Gator fan. I can't wait to follow your career. You know, I've already planned out a couple of games to go to this year. Um, you know, it, it's going to be more fun. And to me, it's always more fun if you have a connection with dude on the team, whether it's Carolina, Clemson, North Carolina, Florida, whatever. Uh, super proud of you. I wish you nothing but success and good health. And, uh, now, you know, uh, hopefully maybe I can get up to see you play uh, one, you know, a game or two this year at Sumter. But I just want to say, man, congrats on everything. You got big family support. Love you, brother. Be safe.
Thank you. Thank you. Well, there you go, guys. Of course, uh, Justice Boone joins us right now from Sumter, as he is a Sumter Gamecock today. He'll be a Florida Gator this time next year, actually coming in December. I did, like I mentioned, Justice, I've had some dialogue uh, with uh, Paulus' dad earlier today, and he said, great school selection for this young man. He will get a great education and come out as a man. Make South Carolina proud, a Gator dad for life. Again, that is from Carlos Dunlap's father to you. And, uh, again, uh, he is super stoked about it. I know the conversation uh, will be had at some point between you and Carlos. Heck, I would imagine even Mr. Dunlap himself may come out there and, 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 and shake hands with you. These guys are loud and proud Gator fans, even though he's a Cincinnati Bengal. Uh, you know, in the NFL, he knows the path it took him through to become a Bengal went right through Gainesville. And, again, uh, you know, real proud of you. Uh, what's one of the moments, man? Give me a memory before we get you out of here, man. Give me something that you will always remember. It's something game Gamecocks. You guys have not only played great football, you guys are known for about any athletically, you know, uh, sport out there. You guys completely dominated it. You did it in my days. Of course, you continue to do it year after year. But give me a memory that you will always remember up to this point as a Sumter Gamecocks that will always reside with you when you think about home. Um. Again, I gotta think on it because I, I had great times yes, at home. Um, <laughs> um, I probably say okay, it was a, actually a play in the game where like everybody on 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 the defense side of the ball. I like offense, but you know defense where it's at. Everybody on um on defense, we all fought so hard at the line of scrimmage, and I think one of my teammates hit guy um hard enough to make him fumble the ball. And I nose guard, he um, picked up the ball and tried to run. He only got like like five five yards because he tried to run over somebody. I think that's a um, big memory for me because that's my whole my whole side of the ball um, working hard doing what we had to do to make a big play. <laughs> man, I tell you what, those are the memories when you look back at it, Justice. Man, college is a lot of fun. I was a college athlete my day. You know, and, and, and it comes with a lot of fun memories and moments, but it's something special about Friday Night Lights and something special about that bond that you make uh, while you're going through that transition from being a young boy that you think you know everything until finally you get it knocked out of you enough that you realize there's a grown man coming out. And uh, it happens usually your senior year as you take your helmet off at the end of October. I, I've seen it down here in Somerville where I get to do the play-by-play on the radio for the Green Wave where I see – these young men constantly put on their helmets, and somewhere around their senior year, around October, they take it off, and they've grown a beard, and they look 20 years older. I mean, it's just there's something in that area there. And, uh, and by you saying, of course, at 6'5", man, you're a big cat. You're going to do big things. And uh, I appreciate you giving me, Eugene, of course. I know he's still smiling on the other end over there. as uh, He's a huge Gator guy. And, of course, I'm a big Gator guy. I mean, you head that way, man. We'll support you from here as we did Carlos in his days. But – um, you know, stay in touch with us. We want to make sure that we keep you, you know, on the radio as much as we can so that those, even though if there's not a season in the fall, we're going to do something to keep your name and your voice heard throughout the next two or three months, brother. But God bless you. Take care. Stay safe. Yes, and get sir, those yes, guys sir. and girls in Sumter to tell everybody in Sumter to spread out so we can play a football season, man. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, buddy. God bless. Tell your parents and say thank you very much for letting you be a part of it. Your coaching staff and the athletic director, along with the head principal at Sumter, uh, let them know we appreciate you being a part of our show tonight. God bless you, buddy. Take care. Yes, sir.
There you go, ladies and gentlemen. He comes in massive size. I mean, he's every bit of six foot five and some change on him. And I tell you what, he's going to do some incredible things as he heads into Gator Nation. And he will be a part of that Florida chomp. And he will have everything to do with winning. I can promise you, Dan Mullen has gotten himself a huge pickup in the great state of South Carolina when everybody said this class of 2021 wasn't what we've seen in the past. You're right. It may be better. It's impressive. We've got dudes going everywhere. They're just not staying home in the state, and that's something that we'll get into here coming up next with Mike Yuva. He is with Watch Fox in Columbia. We're going to talk to him here at the top of the hour. So don't go anywhere as you're listening to Southern Sports Central Live right here on Blog Talk Radio. You want to follow us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central, on Twitter at SO Sports Central, and on the gram, Instagram, where we're doing a few pictures from here to there at Southern Sports Central, guys. Don't go anywhere. Hour three coming up next. Welcome back, everybody. Hour three. Here we go. Up and running here. I want to thank the fellas for joining us in hour number two. We headed to Dillon first, where the commitment to Louisville came from Amari Huggins. He joined us at 7 o'clock. He plays for the legendary Jackie Hayes. And, of course, winning championships at Dillon is just kind of in the recipe. And then we took the bus, and we headed a little bit closer to Columbia as we're heading that way still. And, uh, of course, checked in with Justice Boone in Sumter, South Carolina. He is a Sumter Gamecock. He checked in as he travels here in a few months. He'll graduate early. Both of these gentlemen, by the way, looking to graduate early somewhere around December. And then in January, they'll take their talents to their colleges. But it's Justice Boone who's going to be heading to the swamp to play for Dan Mullen. I tell you, uh, Eugene, I know you were happier than I'll get out, man. Is uh, you, you see this guy, and, I again, talked to Carlos Dunlap's father earlier, and hopefully Carlos will join us, by the way, on Thursday. Stay tuned for that announcement. But to see this young man come in as a defensive end, you see his size, you see his ability, his 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 quick feet, his table, and his angle to get around the guy in front of him and get to the backfield to cause a lot of issues, if you will, there has been probably his signature move. And, and that's what's exciting to see about this guy. It's like I said, um, being a Florida fan, you know, I followed Carlos's career. Carlos was a little bit was was a little bit taller, but he was much thinner in his waist and his upper body. Uh, you know, what I'm looking at Justice is, you know, where he's six five ish is he's stout, man. That boy is thick. He's already strong. And when he gets in that weight room, have you seen I don't know if you've ever seen Florida's facility, their weight room, the nutrition program, the boy's gonna get bigger. He's going to get faster. He's going yeah. to get stronger. He's going to get leaner in certain areas. I mean, they're going to make a beast. That the, the young man's already a beast. And so what what it, his potential and his ceiling is going to be off the charts. You know, a lot of the kids that come into Florida, just like a lot of schools, like Alabama, like Clemson, they're five-star guys. You know, they hit their peak, fortunately for them, at 16, 17, 18 years old. And, uh, you know, that's where they are. And – you know, it, it looks like he has some room to, to transform, some, transform some things. And the staff at Florida, I think, will do it. I, I'm I'm excited, man. As a fan, 
and also too as the radio host and get to you know know this young man to cheer him on uh it's like double yay for me with having him uh commit to florida because like i said seeing what he's done on film you know and, and his size and what he his makeup and his frame i look i think he's got a big bright bright future ahead of him yeah no doubt about it actually i took a trip down there in 1996 i was looking to go to college somewhere florida was on that map back then i want to say Coach Lopez was down there in his second year for the Gators. And, uh, you know, when we started to kind of put things together, uh, as we uh, try to put everything in order, we're going to head back to the phone lines, and we're heading to Columbia. We have parked the bus in front of a studio as uh, Watchbox is on. Mike Yuba joins us as uh, we say good afternoon. Mr. Mike, how's life in the capital city? It's doing well, Richie. How are you doing? Good, man. Good. We're just kind of reminiscing. We just had on – Justice Boone, you know he's over there, not too far from you in Sumter, South Carolina. That's probably a, a yeah. few, you know, steps away from uh, downtown Columbia. And uh, Amari Huggins, who's heading to Louisville. Now, of course, we mentioned Justice Boone going to Florida. Amari Huggins heading to Louisville. And the pattern continues as uh, you cover the world of sports in Columbia, but you do it, of course, across the state as well as uh, with Watchbox. What is it about the state of South Carolina, man? We can't seem to keep these dudes in state, man. Well, let me, let me tell you. I mean, the talent down here is special. We know that it's special for football, but we know it's special as well for baseball and basketball, too. And I don't think it gets enough credit for basketball. But as far as football goes, I think we've got to a point where, like you said, the talent here is just so good that it's just difficult to keep people here. I mean, not saying that it wasn't good a couple of years ago, and we all know how special that class USC was able to have a couple of years back and what they were able to do, a lot of those homegrown boys uh, that were able to not only help the Gamecocks do things that they've never been able to do and be able to go on a run that we haven't seen since then, uh, but a lot of them have been able to obviously go to the NFL and they've made a lot of money too. So I, I, I don't know exactly what it is. Uh, you can say in, in for this case with Clemson, because what they've been able to do these last couple of seasons, that they're more of a national brand at this point and they're kind of doing what the Alabama teams in the past have done which is they can go recruit anyone South Carolina they're kind of in limbo right now and I think they're just trying to figure out and find their ground because you know last this past year they were able to get some pretty good talent this year's upcoming class right now does not look like USC is going to be able to get a lot of those five or four star recruits because there's just not many for next year's class we're live right now with Mike Yuva here, of course, with Watchbox out of the capital city of South Carolina in Columbia. And uh, you're starting to look at everything across the board. How much, Mike, do you think it is the, in, the uncertainty that what might not be in Columbia after this year if there's not a winning season? Do you think plays into these decisions from these young men? Because we say, of course, Clemson's a national brand, and it's not a knock yeah. to the Gamecocks. It's to the success of the Tigers. And, and you got to give success where it's at. Clemson's done that. Davos Sweeney's proven that, and of course, it's always Clemson's going to play. The question is, who are they going to play in a national championship? Usually, the last three or four years. But with with the Gamecocks, they're just trying to get bowl eligible, and the struggles there are real. But how much do you think that affects a, a recruit going, man? I, I don't want to commit to a coach who might not be there for all four years, or heck, he might not even be there when I get there. I, I think it does play a role. Um, how big that role is, it all depends on the recruit. You know, I, I didn't play SEC football, but, I mean, one of the things they tell you going through the recruiting process, and I'm sure a lot of these young men have been told the same thing, which is you don't fall in love with the school because of the coach. You just don't. You fall in love with the school because 
is somewhere that you can see yourself going both on the field and then obviously academically as well. And if you're trying to play in the NFL, it can help you get to that point too. And I think that's the part that scares a lot of players right now more than ever is because, you know, I remember having this conversation back in 2018 when Marcus Lattimore sat down with me to make his announcement because he came to me and wanted to say that, hey, I was going back to USC to work on Muschamp staff. He says 99% of those guys who get scholarships, they come on in, they truly believe they're going to make it to the NFL one day. So a lot of those guys, they want to be able to play for a coach that they feel can get them to that next level. Muschamp has done a phenomenal job with that. I mean, that's the best thing that he's done since he's got here in regards to just being able to look at a track record from just a statistical standpoint. I mean, look at the last two years. He's had two first-round draft picks in Javon Kinlaw and Debo Samuel. I think it needs to happen. What needs to happen is you need to be able to get the win, though. You need to be able to show the recruits that we're taking this thing to the next level because it's at some point scare people off a little bit because of that uncertainty. So um, I feel like he's going into this season. He needs probably at least seven wins to make sure that he feels comfortable. But the other, the other part too, that people just aren't talking about, there could be a situation where Muschamp maybe has only five wins or four wins, but from a financial standpoint, depending on if there's a football season or how much money the school is able to get, who knows if the school is going to be able to use that money to even buy him out of his contract. That's something people aren't talking about as much. So uh, there's just so much uncertainty. But in terms of, you know, if there is a season, I think you're probably looking at about seven wins he needs to have. No doubt about it. We're live right now in Columbia, South Carolina, with a man that covers right up there in the capital city in South Carolina. Of course, that is Mr. Mike Yuva. He is with Watch Fox. He does a phenomenal job on the TV screen, and there's a lot of things behind the scenes you don't even know. The TV guys uh, get into, of course, to kind of keep things going. Uh, I want to ask you one final thing about the Gamecocks, because this, of course, is, is a team right in, literally in your backyard that you're probably closer to than any yeah. other team college-wise, for sure. The injuries, they, they played a major role for South Carolina in the last two years. Now, they have replaced the, tra- the, the, the strength conditioning coach. What was your thoughts when they, they kind of said, look, we're having injuries, we got to lean on this, this is kind of the way it goes. Do you feel like maybe he was the fall guy, or do you feel like that was the right move because of the situation and the injuries that they kind of faced last year that was kind of unprecedented year after year, or at least injury after injury, the guys just kept going down after every play? I think you can say yes partially to both. And the reason why I say that is this. Number one, when you see the number of injuries, um, whether it had something to do with the strength and conditioning program or whether it did not, it's just easy to look at, especially when you have had the lack of success over the last couple, two seasons. Um, I, you know, I've, I've had conversations with people that are very close with that program about that situation. Uh, just one just the other day, we were talking about that, and he said, you know, it's because Muschamp is at a point right now where he's got to do whatever he can to show not just fans but the boosters that he's willing to make changes in order to be able to keep his job. Because if he just keeps going in, it's the same thing year after year, and you're getting the same results, eventually people are going to get upset. But more importantly, your bosses, the boosters, they're going to get upset. You know, the board of trustees is going to get upset. Uh, and then – you're not going to have a job too much longer after that. So I think partially had to do with just the number of injuries, but I don't know how much that really did make a difference. Um, Muschamp and his staff may say otherwise, but I, I, I truly believe it was a situation of showing, hey, we're going to make some type of change because Jeff Yeoman, uh, Muschamp, sung high praise about it, and I'm sure he would still sing a high praise about it because he did a phenomenal job in terms of just getting the cardio up 
Uh, they did that fast-paced tempo offense the last two years. The, the stamina was there. I mean, you saw the strength in some of these guys. Like you said, the injuries are what people are going to remember the most just because of how many they've had over these last two seasons. Live with Mike Nuva right now. Watch Fox in Columbia, South Carolina. It's the Blessed Park right in front of the studio there. We're having a virtual opportunity to talk to Mike about the Gamecocks of the University of South Carolina. Well, you said the word upset, so I'll segue that into, man, a storm that was brewing over the weekend. And it started on Saturday, and it made all the way to your TV screen, I believe it was last night, where you and your colleague made a, I thought, a great point and, and did a phenomenal job atta- uh, approaching. I don't like to use the word attacking, but approaching and, and handling the situation with the SC Varsity and uh, that man who, of course, runs that uh, organization and has gotten quite a bit of attention, unfortunately, in the wrong way. And you've seen social media all but shut down from the interaction there. Tell us your thoughts from, from, from your point of view. When you saw this tweet come out, again, you know, from SC Varsity, and you say on the other end of it is a 16-year-old child, uh, kind of go through your interview or your, your comments off night with your colleague and, and just kind of your overall opinion on how we should handle this going forward. Well, the first thing, and I said this last night on air, we had the return of Sports Zone, which is a 30-minute program that runs Monday through Friday um, at 11 o'clock at night, only place probably in the state that you have 30 minutes of, of sports uh, locally. And we were able to discuss it. It gave us a platform, and we believed that it was the, the right time to be able to do it, especially considering what's going on right now in the world. And um, when I saw that tweet initially, I didn't know Kobe if he was – white or black. I just saw that tweet. I saw that tweet from from Jim Baxter. And, you know, look, I've known Jim the last couple of years. I don't know him well. And we were talking about this off the air a little bit earlier today. He's always been good to me. He's always been fair to me. Um, and I wanted to be able to give him that same opportunity to be able to kind of explain himself. And uh, we were gracious enough that he, he was able to do that for us. And we were also gracious enough that Kobe – um, over at Spring Valley, he took the time to be able to, to discuss his opinions about it as well. So, you know, for people that aren't so familiar with the situation, Jim posted a patriotic tweet, and he had a, a picture with the Declaration of Independence and uh, the Founding Fathers, and, you know, Kobe made a tweet back saying uh, it, it's not a day that, and I'm just, you know, kind of spitballing right here on the exact tweet in front of me, but it's not a day that maybe African-Americans should be celebrating or that the country should celebrate uh, just because, you know, not all men were created equal or seen equal at that time. And that that's his opinion. Whether you agree with that or disagree, that is his right. Just like it was Jim's right to post that. And it was Jim's right to be able to respond. Uh, but the problem was in his response saying, if you don't like this country, you know, you can get the hell out. Like I would tell anybody. Um, I, at the time, I didn't think of it as much other than why are you saying that to a high school kid? You know, why are you saying that to a high school kid? There's just there's a line that you have to drop when you're, in, when you're a public figure and you cover high school kids. You know, whether you view yourself as a public figure or not, you cover these kids. And Jim has done phenomenal work for decades. I mean, his work speaks for itself. He's been able to help out so many high school kids. But when you do that, and it's coming from a public figure, it's just, it just sends the wrong message, you know. Uh, I, I wish Jim would, would have used this platform a little bit differently, uh, but like I said, it's his right to be able to say the things that he did. Uh, and he's a veteran, and we, we thank him for his service and everything that he did, but that doesn't give you the right to be able to say those things 
without the consequences now. And the consequences are there's a lot of high school coaches, student athletes, administrators uh, that are very disappointed with, with, with what was said. And I think more importantly, it, it allowed us an opportunity to discuss those things and why maybe, you know what, yeah, okay, there's freedom of speech and this and that, but there's a difference. There's not freedom of consequence. And the consequences are there's a lot of people that are very disappointed right now of the route that he decided to go down because of the high school kid. And then, of course, it became racial because of the whole get out of the country. But uh, to me, more than anything, it was just the fact that, you know, you're sending this message to a, to a high school student. Live right now, of course, uh, with Mr. Mike Yuva. He is with Watch Fox. They're in Columbia, South Carolina. That is the central location to the Palmetto State course. Uh, the, the headlines that broke loose on Saturday morning, and, it, man, it's still today. It, it, it seems to be that Jim has yet to give up, though. For me, and I, and I guess I'm going to ask you, Mike, before we turn the page here, and I just want to kind of get, you know, another opinion here. For me, again, Jim was never that way with me at all. I've actually had the opportunity to do a broadcast with him on his own show there, and he welcomed me in, wanted me to be a part of it over, you know, during the season of last year. But, again, I'm also not a 16-year-old kid coming out of neither, and, and, and maybe he thought that whatever. I'm not sure. But the one thing I do know is that at this point, most of the time, the adult and you will sit still. Instead, he continues to make comments and challenge not only that of the, the radio station there, 107.5 The Game, and tweeted them as well, but it's like that's my concern is that yet you're supposed to be the adult, but you continue to continue to make, I believe, childish reactions instead of just being the mature one and saying, okay, I made a mistake, admit my mistake, and move forward. And I think this is, and I've and I had I've had conversations. I've had two conversations with Jim since the incident uh, took place. And I told him, I said, look, when I go on air tomorrow night, there might be some things that uh, you don't agree that I'm going to say, but I'm going to, you know, say things as fairly as possible, just like I feel like I'm doing that right now. Because yeah, he does have the right to be able to say these things. He does have the right, whether you like them or not. Um, where I feel like he he missed he misses the mark or missed the point about the things that he said, because, you know, I do believe that, you know, we could go down the whole, uh, we don't hold kids the same way responsible as we used to. I understand all of that, but that doesn't apply to this situation. You don't have to like, you don't have to agree with what Kobe said. You, you don't have to, you know, no one, no, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not arguing that. I mean, if, if anyone watched our segment last night, we didn't even discuss that because that's not the point. That's not the point. The point is, Number one, this is a high school kid. This is a high school kid, and you have a tremendous opportunity as a veteran and as someone that is a public figure. You have that platform that you created and that you earned. You've earned that platform, the thousands of followers, the tens of thousands of followers that you have on social media, and you had a tremendous opportunity to say, you know what, I might not agree with that, but if you'd like to talk, I'm a veteran. I'd love to be able to talk with you and just figure out, you know, where you're coming from. Because not everyone has that platform, that ability to be able to do that because he's, like I said, he's earned it. He's created that. So that was disappointing. And I think the thing that hurt me, I don't know if hurt's the right word. I don't say hurt. That made me the most angry was when he told them good luck uh, with, with recruiting after this. You know, once recruiters saw that, that really, that really ticked me off. That really did. Because, like I said, at that point, you know, I feel like you're swinging down. And as someone that is credible, you took some shots at a kid that just, you know, cause, just because he didn't agree with, with your beliefs. 
And, uh, you know, the ironic part about that is since those tweets, I've talked with multiple high school coaches, there's been at least five colleges uh, or universities that have reached out to Kobe saying they would love to have him play for their team. Yeah, I tell you what, and he's benefited tremendously from that, the young man, of course, uh, who, you know, I, I give him, a, I give him a, a tip of the cap because he stood up for what he believed in. And, uh, you know, again, I think that shows – and he did it maturely because, again, this is a young man that could have bounced off and been a 16-year-old child and, and, and did what many 16-year-old children would have done. Heck, I probably would have done it at 42 and said, all right, here we go. But this young man took a different road. And, and again, you know, when you look at it, I wanted to get your side of it because I thought you and your colleague did a, a great job putting a piece together. And if you want to see it again, you can go to – our Twitter page, at SA Sports Central, and you can see it in its entirety. Now, let's talk to football, man. Let's talk a little bit about what may or may not be. You're there. The high school league's in your backyard. You're having conversations. Your thoughts on this thing? I know that there's one list that's come out. Yeah. that has got football season not happening until January, which puts some spring sports in early August, September. What do you make of all this? And when it's all said and done, when do you think they'll finally put some pads on? And who's going to be the first sport to walk out on the field this year? Well, I, I hate to say it when you're talking about the South Carolina High School League because I, I – and I know some people might be like, how is this possible? But I – honestly, if I had to put money on it, I think there's a better shot that you see private league football skis are taking place uh, instead of uh, South Car- the South Carolina High School League and public ball. And the reason I say that is, you know, from having conversations with a lot of the public school coaches, they just don't feel like there is a plan right now. And, you know, Jerome Singleton, I know he's been, at, he's, he's been at that position for a long time, but they feel like he's just not doing enough. They feel like he's sitting on his hands, and he wants the governor to make a decision so that he doesn't look like the bad guy. I understand that. I get it. You don't want to be the bad guy. You don't want to pull the trigger. But you got to give a sense of direction because a lot of these teams, a lot of these coaches, a lot of these high school athletes, they feel like they're in the dark right now. You have to put a plan in place. You have to be able to put some dates saying, you know what, this is what we're going to do. You have to push some things back. That's going to happen, okay? You have to have a plan put in place. I mean, I'm from Massachusetts, and right now, and granted, the situation is a little bit different up there than it is down here, and it always is because they don't start their, their seasons until after Labor Day. But as of right now, everything is on. Everything is on. That's what they're telling them. Here, they're in the dark. They're in the dark. You have to be able to have some type of communication because, look, we're only, what, three weeks away, just around three weeks away now from when practices are supposed to start up in these schools. Coaches aren't optimistic right now. Not only optimistic of not starting on time, they're not optimistic about having a season because there's just no communication, and that starts with, the, that starts with Jerome Singleton. We're live right now with Mike Yuva. He is with Watch Fox. They are in Columbia, South Carolina, one of the great TV stations there in the capital city. You know, this thing has a huge effect, though, without football. And we've said this before, and I know that we're going to kind of echo again and again, but football's got to happen at some point. You know, that, that's something yeah. that you're, you're now the third person I've heard that thinks that skis is going to kind of start to see some kids kind of filter in that way because, if I'm not mistaken, Georgetown County actually shut their, uh, I would say, workouts uh, today. There was a school uh, county up there in Greenville that actually shut theirs down. At one point, I, and I want to say Berkeley is one of the only ones around us here down in the low country that's going on, but I said this with a guy earlier to open up the show with Reginald Walker out of the Charlotte area. Should this have been a move that, that Mr. Singleton should have said, not only are we 
we're going to shut down, but we're going to shut down the whole state instead of just doing it county by county to be fair across the board when it comes to workouts. And I think it goes back to the, the point that I made, which is he just doesn't want to be the bad guy. And like I said, I understand. I can't even imagine being in a position like that. But then again, that is that, that, that's the, the, the responsibility that comes with a position like that. You know, just like we were talking about last night with, with, with everything that we discussed on here about, you know, race with the tweet and this and that, you know, it's not comfortable things to talk about, but sometimes you have to do things that you don't want to do, or maybe it doesn't make you feel as comfortable. I think that's a better way to put it. And I, I would just, I, you know, and I'm not saying this is all on, 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 on Mr. Singleton and by any means, but at the same time too, I feel like he needs to step up because if he steps up, then other people are going to look at him because, like I said, he's been around for quite some time. People are going to respect when he steps up, when he speaks up. So, you know, without him saying anything and kind of letting people do what they want, I understand probably why he's doing that because, like I said, it's the broken record at this point. He doesn't want to be the bad guy. But it also right. puts people at a disadvantage. And, you know, uh, that's going to happen. That is going to happen. But um, And we're going to see that also in college football this year, unfortunately. But, you know, at some point you need to be able to just to step up. You have to step up and you have to say something. Yeah, I think that we saw that not just in the world of sports. We kind of, we've seen that, unfortunately, in government overall. When it came down to this pandemic, we saw in March when we slowly took baby steps to shutting down the state. I think we were one of the last ones to shut down, one of the first ones to open up. Then we implicated just what less than a week ago throughout the state of South Carolina. For the most part, everybody's going to have to walk around with a mask on. Again, it's the leadership or the lack of leadership. Again, I get it. It, it can't be the easiest decision, but no. sometimes you got to be the bad guy to get a good thing to happen. And, and that's kind of my thing, not only in the world of sports, but in the world of government. The state of South Carolina, man, we're, we're hitting these numbers because we're not preparing ourselves for holding individuals accountable. And, again, I, I get the math thing. I'm all about it. That's what it takes to get these kids back in school. But, you know, Mike, to start off, I don't even see how we can manage. Look at Dorman. It's the third largest school in the state. Somerville is the second largest school in the state. You go all the way over to Wando High School. is like a college. It's bigger than some colleges in our state. How do you keep these kids away from each other? So, for me, if the school's not open for class, how do you, how do you open the fields up for practices and games? And on top of that, I mean, I've, I've had this conversation with my dad, who's been a high school football coach for over 30 years. He's like, I just don't know how it can be possible. Because like I said, Massachusetts, even though they're in a better spot than us right now, it's the same It's the same thing at the end of the day. And he's talking about how are you going to be able to get a team to go play an away game? What, what are you going to do? And in Massachusetts, I mean, the, the teams are much larger than they are down here for, for a majority of the schools. Um, you know, you, you usually have, oh, gosh, you probably have over 100 players in terms of uh, the varsity and, and, and JV, and then you got some even some more on freshmen. But you don't obviously have to take all those players, but how are you going to take, even if you had 50, even if you had, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do to make sure that those players are safe? And, you know, not to go off topic, because I'm sure there's some people, you know, that, you know, either don't believe this whole COVID thing or think it's overblown. And look, I, I, who am I to tell you? But I can tell you this, you know, and this isn't to get political, but I can just, you know, making sure people understand. I think some people believe that once the election's over, that this is going to go away, news stations are going to stop talking about it, and it's just gone. I'm telling you right now, we're just as sick as talking about this as you guys are about hearing it. And we don't, I don't say that to, 
downplay any of this, but the point being is like, you know, being a meteorologist in San Diego, it's just sunny every day. Eventually you want to be able to say some other things. And uh, if this thing is still there in November after the election, it's still going to be reported on. So I think that's the, the point that people need to understand is in order to be able to get this to, to go away, whether you truly believe the mask helps or not, you know, be able just to do your part. You know, in de- in, on, on defense in, in football, we always talked about do your 111th, you know, do your 111th, do what you got to do. And hopefully as a team, which is all of us now in this country, in this world, we can be able to get past this so we can get back to whatever normal or the new normal will look like uh, and hopefully in the near future. Well, buddy, I tell you what, I appreciate what you're doing day in and day out up there in Columbia. You help us cover some things there that not always we have the opportunities and because we're up against time and a break here, I want to invite you back in with us next week because I want to get a little bit more in depth. There were some topics that I needed to uncover and get another opinion. And, of course, with your segment last night and your connections to certain universities and high schools up there, I wanted to get some thoughts from you. But uh, if you can clear out of time next week, Mike, I'd love to have you back. And uh, we'll find out a little bit more who is the real Mike Yuva, by the way. <laughs> Absolutely. I'd love to do it, Richie. All right, appreciate it. Thanks for all that you do for the state of South Carolina, for the kids over there in Columbia, and, of course, all that you continue to do to help promote uh, the high school league. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me on. Always a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, there he goes, Mike Yuva with Watch Fox there in Columbia, South Carolina. we got to get the buzz brought back to Charleston because we're heading to Stratford High School where we're going to be joining here next with Demarius Anderson. He is a – Big-time football player. It's in his genes. Trust me, I've seen his oldest brother, without a doubt, one of the fastest kids I've seen ever on a football field. I mean, this kid is lightning in a bottle. His other brother is, uh, quite frankly, doing a big in Newberry. Now, that being said, we got a break because we're going to talk to Demarius and his decision at noon today, at high noon. He decided Eastern Michigan was going to take some of his opportunities, and we'll do that. Coming out of break, you're listening to Southern Sports Central Live right here on Blog Talk Radio. Coming up next, Demarius Anderson, guys. everybody the final segment brought to you by our friends at McGurin's Pharmacy located at 140 South Main Street in downtown Somerville you can find them on the web at gurinspharmacy.com or you can reach out to them by the mobile 843-873-2531 and back to the hotlines we go over there at the Tent Farm Hotlines we're live with Demarius Anderson what's up Demarius how's life buddy I'm good how are you we're great, man. You continue. I saw you on Saturday at the football field. And uh, as always, you're working hard, man. Doesn't matter who's working. You're going to outwork them. Uh, it's like every time I go to Gahagan, there's Demarius on the football field with different dudes, man. I mean, that's just kind of in your genetics. I get it, man. I've seen your older brother, like I mentioned just moments ago. I mean, run like I've never seen anybody run before, ever, just not in Somerville, just in general with the speed he had, all the way now to your. Your brother that just decided to take his talents to Newberry, man, and you're keeping that family tradition by now heading to Eastern Michigan, man. How much 
relief is it off your shoulders to finally get this out and, and move on and get ready for your senior season? Uh, this has been a tough process, balancing out different schools that I've been um, looking into. And um, I would say the reason why I'm going there is because they have, you know, the big family first tradition. And um, I love, I like, I like the coaches, like the way the coaches coach and how they sure. keep in contact with their their players. I'm a big support on all that. So that's the reason. I so when you look at it. Is- so, Damaris, you, you talked about getting getting all this attention, man. Did you ever imagine – I mean, you've watched your brothers, and you've got three older brothers. Of course, your dad was a big football player, your uncle, and, and, and your whole family, man, very athletic here in Somerville. Of course, you guys – a couple of you guys ended up over at Stratford, and you're doing big things over there with Coach Denny. But that all being said, man, did you ever realize how much there was – I mean, you're like I said, Davon, your older brother, man, he – he had all kind of offers. Ended up going and running track at, at, at a couple of different universities, but he could have played football anywhere as well. This cat was extremely yeah. talented. Did, did you ever imagine to have as much attention as you've gotten? Again, you kind of could have picked anywhere. Uh, no, I actually didn't. Um, I just expected just to play football, just to play. I never expected to even go to even go to college. I didn't even expect to play high school football until now. Until my brothers actually talked to me about it. <laughs> Yeah, and they probably forced you, man. And, I mean, what better way to get training in you, man, than having those three older brothers. And I actually uh, very very blessed to know each one of them, man. I can imagine being the, the little brother, but you're the tallest of the three. I mean, it kind of worked out in your favor, Demir. Tell us, how tall are you, man, your weight, and uh, give us your 40s. Uh, 6'3", 220 right now, and my 40 is a 4'6 flat. Trying to get it down, so. We're six flat. We've got some wheels under him. He's going to head up there to a very chilly side of college football in eastern Michigan. Uh, how much did that play a factory? I kind of joked around about it and told you I was going to let you borrow a coat once you uh, head up there to that side of the world, man. But it's it's a different type of chilly on a uh, on a Saturday morning than it is here in uh, Somerville or Goose Creek, if you know what I mean. Yeah, real cool. I've been on. Um... Cole, me and Cole never got together well, but I guess I got to adjust to it now, now that I'm going to a cold place. Yeah. You know, when you look at the season coming up, Demarius, and, and, of course, you and I talked on Saturday. We've had a couple conversations about what may be, what might not be. You know, when, when you look at it, uh, how realistic is it for you to, to say that the season will start in, uh, in, in September? And then if it doesn't start until January, are you going to be around? Or are you going to try to graduate early and head off to Eastern Michigan. I'll still be around. Either way, you're ready to go. So, hey, that's not a bad thing. I like that part. Because I think – I do feel like, you know, that senior season, man, I hate it for the guys that are leaving early to miss out on that opportunity. But I know Coach Denny, well, what was the first thing when you – did you call him or who was the first after mom and, and everybody around you when you decided Eastern Michigan was the place you wanted to be? Who was the first two people or three people that you called, reached out to, and let this announcement be known before you hit social media. Uh, the first person I talked to was Mario, my older my older brother. My second was my mom, and then I talked I talked to Devon, my my oldest brother. And uh, my friends had a big impact on it too. 
Now tell us about the friends part, man, because you're where you're one of the first guys I've talked to that, that you know, of course you, you leaned on some of your buddies, man. I, that's not a bad idea neither. How much, well, when you, when you told them Eastern Michigan, and I know a list of guys that were looking at you at different colleges, but other than Eastern Michigan, who else uh, kind of was, was, was leaning or you were leaning to go to when it came to picking this choice? Um, actually, I want, like, I had a, I had a high head on, um, Virginia Tech, um, I had a high head on, um, Memphis, University of Memphis, and really, that was, that was really it, those are the only two, I didn't really want to go to anywhere else, oh, and Akron, other than that, Mm. I didn't really want to go anywhere else. Talk about Virginia Tech, man. You're the first young, you're the second young man tonight that talks about that. Of course, we had Amari Huggins on with us earlier. He's committed to going to Louisville, so he won't be, you know, too far, I guess, away from you to some geographics there. But, you know, he talked about Virginia Tech, and, and that was kind of one of the first places that he thought he would end up, but then changed his mind and headed to Louisville. What was it about Virginia Tech that, that got your that got your attention, but something there, of course, evidently went the other way for you to pick out Eastern Michigan? Um, really, it was, it was, the like I said, the family first tradition that they had and how they, like, how they do different things around the school for different traditions. So I like that a lot. Now, when you head up there here at the end of your senior year, which looks like you said you're going to go through all the way through the spring, so you'll experience the entire senior uh, start to beginning to end, whichever way that may be at home or there in the classroom. When you head out to Eastern Michigan, what are you looking to major in, in education wise, man? What do you? What is something that that you're going to be heading into as far as uh, furthering that education? Um, I want to become a like a sports trainer, like a trainer, and um later on become like a physical therapist. So you hanging out there, of course, you you do work out of the factory. And, by the way, I did see Mario's uh, video just released by Jamie and those guys over there at the factory, a huge sponsor of our show here, uh, putting in that work. Now, again, you continue, like I mentioned earlier, man, you show up at any field. It seems like every time I'm somewhere, who you come up and you're ready to just pick up a ball and, and, and run around and run some routes. How important is it for you to work out with multiple quarterbacks? And, and you know, any time you have a chance, just to kind of see – different balls being thrown because you understand you're going to a place where you're going to introduce yourself to probably three or four different style quarterbacks. Um, I, I practice with different quarterbacks because different quarterbacks have different play styles and they're used to seeing different things. So, so when they like, like basically you have dual threats, people that can run, throw on the run and all that. Um, and like that's, that's all it is. That's all it is. So it, I just like practicing with different quarterbacks. And of course, uh, Demar Anderson has committed uh, verbally to Eastern Michigan as of noon today. He'll be uh, finishing out his senior year. He's going to go through, uh, of course, uh, September till about I'd say about June, where he'll graduate with his class of 2021 in Stratford High School. You reached out to your head coach, I would imagine, or have you heard from Coach? Denny uh, on this choice and what have these guys said I've seen a lot of social media push congratulating you but have you heard much from your your coaching staff and uh, those over at Stratford High School uh, uh, what kind of things is coach Denny saying to you man I know he's excited to have one of his big dudes 
not only, uh, you know, heading to the next level, but probably pretty excited for you to be around in January just in case the season is delayed until January. Um, He was saying – about the commitment, he was saying, like, that he's, like, real proud of me and that, you know what I'm saying, that the sky's the limit from here because it's a, it's a lot of football to play and – like he's he's like it's another level other than college that I could possibly play, so he's winning or not. Yeah, no doubt there, man. I can tell you what I have had an opportunity for a couple of years to call your name on the radio as I cover Somerville. Of course, you and your brother uh, were, were the one-two punch uh, last year, and uh, again, you just are a couple of years now because your brother last year was actually a freshman at Newberry. And uh, but but just to have all of that, give me a memory at your days at Stratford up to this point that you'll always remember. And when you think back to your days as a Stratford Knight, that's something that's going to stick with you. Um, it's a lot because um, experience <laughs> a lot. So I guess my favorite memory would be when we were in the weight room uh, my freshman year and our first first started lifting. Uh we were we were benching and I was working out with Mario and of course he's um lifting like way more weight than me. So as him lifting more than me and me doing, you know, the baby weight, he would like I would like crash. And he would like you know what I'm saying, say different things, get in my head and um just have me lift it. Like he would get me mad and I would have to, you know what I'm saying, have to go ahead and go at it. How much has it benefited you having three brothers older than you? Of course, uh, all three of your brothers, two of them went to Somerville. But they were, were scholars. And, of course, they did great things on the football field and other fields in the athletic realm. Of course, you keep mentioning Mario. He seems to be the closest brother to you. Uh, graduated a couple of years ago, now over at Newberry doing some big things. And still, I, I think a lot of really big things coming out of him over there at Newberry. But how much has it helped you having these other three brothers that have pushed you? Of course, like I mentioned, I know a lot of your other family members that have stayed on you and kind of been that mentor, but also been that push to get you to this next level. Um, um, it's been, Ooh, I don't really know because they all benefited. So it's no, there's no definite, like, just one person, it's, it was everybody. Sure, definitely a, a family, uh, a, definitely a family effort. And you've seen it, of course, out of each one of your family members. How about mom, man? I know mom, I've had a chance to talk to her back in, uh, when, when Davon was at Somerville. But how excited is she to know that her baby, the final, the final young man that she's raised is going to be heading to college. He's going to get that college education. He'll play a little football while he's there, but – how excited was she to see this choice and, and to see this part of your life and this chapter kind of put a stamp on it? Um, my mom, she's like, of course, since I'm the youngest, she like doesn't doesn't want me to go. So um, it's been like, it's been like, see, every day she's telling me, oh, saying you're really the last one. That's all she says, and like it's like she thinks about it hard. Because she doesn't want me to go since I'm the youngest. Well, he's the youngest. He's the tallest. He's probably the biggest. Now, again, uh, you know, when you look at 
all of your brothers, man, who wins in a dog fight? I mean, if I put four of you guys in a bull in the ring, who comes out standing at the last moment? Oh, I, I really wouldn't even know that question. <laughs> I tell you, that, that would be an interesting one for sure, because I can promise you when you talk about an athletic family and a very strong gene, man, you guys uh, have, have definitely meant a lot to the low country between Stratford and Somerville. Uh, Demarius, I appreciate you getting in here, man. I know you were busy, you were working, so you were able to step away for a little while to check in tonight. And I just, it means a lot for me because I've had a chance to watch you grow. And, you know, I've had many conversations with you, man, but to see this part of your life, part of your, this chapter in your life, of course, you know, becoming a reality, I can't begin to say how proud I am of you. I look forward to you doing great things. Uh, I, I hope and pray for many of you guys, but I hope and pray for you as well to have that senior season, man, so that you can get that opportunity to leave a few more memories and make a few more marks over there with Coach Denny and the Strapper Knights, buddy. Thank you. All right, buddy. God bless. Take care. I'll check in with you afterwards. But, again, congratulations. We'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, right off the press. I mean, this young man committed earlier at noon to Eastern Michigan. We're going to take a very short break when we come back. When we come back, we're going to recap all of this. And, of course, uh, it's been a great show. We've traveled all around the state of South Carolina. We've had, uh, what, two TV guys and three athletes that are heading to play football at the next level. They just got to get through this one, guys. It's all in his plan, the big lure above. So we'll do that. We'll come back. We'll recap. I'll bring Eugene in and more. If you want to call in to the final ten, come on in, 323-784-9681. Again, the number to call is 323 323- Seven eight four nine six eight one. Don't go anywhere. You let me 
Welcome back, everybody. Rich Yellman here on Southern Sports Central alongside Eugene Benton as I bring it with us for the final segment, the recap hour segment here. As uh, we have enjoyed having all of our guests here tonight joining us here. Started off with Reginald Walker, Jr. Of course, he is the man with a plan at 630. Played his day with uh, Joe Pod, the Nittany Lions, back in the day. Of course, he does a lot of screen on the radio broadcast in Charlotte and around that area. Of course, here on Tuesdays, big-time contributor to Southern Sports Central. Then we have the pleasure of taking the bus from Charlotte all the way to Dillon, South Carolina, where they have bred multiple athletes, and that all under a very big-time name as Jackie Haight, as he continues to just put talent after talent after talent. Amari Huggins, who is committed to Louisville, joined us at 7 o'clock, telling us you know, his dreams and what he wanted to do and why he chose to be a Cardinal. And it was very impressive from the start to the beginning to the end. And uh, looking forward to watching this young man continue to thrive and uh, his days not only on the football field, but watching him continue to do big things in his community, of course, there in the classroom. Then at 7.30, we took it over to, of course, uh, Sumter, South Carolina with the Gamecocks. And that was uh, Justice Boone. He'll be heading to Gainesville to play for the Gators. He mentioned being a president. So we might have had a president here on the show uh, a little bit of, early in his time there, but I, I love the fact that he's got a vision. He's got a plan. It could lead him up there to the White House, but before he heads to the White House, he'll be heading over to play for Dan Mullen as a defensive end. Of course, Carlos Dunlap also played uh, for uh, the Florida Gators back in the day at a very similar position. Similar in size. They're, they're built a little different, but these guys both have that get-after-it mentality, and I can only imagine that Justice Boone is going to be a huge contributor early with the Florida Gators. And then, of course, at 8 o'clock, it was Mike Yuba. He is with the Watch Fox team over there in Columbia, South Carolina. Talks to us a lot about different things. Uh, we do appreciate his time as the TV guys. You know, they, they enjoy doing radio stuff. We enjoy doing TV stuff. We kind of try to work together and because it is two different things. Again, I thought he did a good job breaking down some of our topics that we brought to him. And then, finally, we ended up with Marius Anderson, who is a Stratford Knight. He is a wide receiver. He's going to be taking his talents to Eastern Michigan at the end of the senior year. That's right. He's not leaving in January. He's actually going to stay all the way through. And, uh, again, I'm sure Coach Denny is thinking, well, that's not a bad thing because if we have a late football season, he'll be a part of that. So, Eugene, uh, again, great job on your part. He does all the tweeting over there at SO Sports Central during the recap of the interviews. Uh, we've already lined up a handful of interviews already for Thursday, but uh, a solid one tonight, buddy. Hey, man, it was – you know what made it fun was it was a great variety of uh, athletes, you know, these kids who are bright-eyed and starry-eyed. They have these college offers, you know, and they talk about their experience and going through the motions of visiting schools and having family involved. And we talked about, you know, who they looked up to, you know, who helped them with their decisions and what they're looking forward to studying and, you know, what stood out about this school, that school, and, and getting to the state of South Carolina. You know, you and I, and it's a, you know, one that, a good versus bad or a good thing, bad thing sometimes, where we talk about, you know, why are all these kids leaving the state? Why isn't South Carolina? Why isn't Clemson offering? Because we would love to see all the great kids who we grew up and watched playing high school and rec league go on to Division One and play for the big schools and win a bunch of games, and it's kind of like, you know, our homeboys stayed home. But, you know, something I'm starting to admire a lot about these kids is, you know, the adventurism, uh, or the, the adventurous spirit. You know, they want to get out. They find something in a program 
somewhere else that they want to go try. You know, they, they want, it, it's a brave, bold thing, and it's kind of like, you know, I want to go pave my own path. I want to see a different thing. And, if, you know, like we talked about earlier with them, um, and if someone else is paying for it, that's all the better because now I get this free opportunity to go experience life, to become – to transition from 18 to 21 to 22 in a whole new state, whole new city, whole new area geographically, weather, whatever it is, and, you know, and to get some great, a great degree from great universities. Um, you know, Louisville, that's a heck of a university, man. They're, they're top-ranked in just about everything. Same as Florida with some of the kids. Eastern Michigan, they have wonderful programs. And I know, you know, it may be over with Michigan State and Michigan in, you know, in their, the confines of the thing, but you know what? You got an opportunity to play Division One football. That means you're going for free. You'll have no student debt unless you decide to take out loans. Everything will be covered, right. and you know it's a it's a, it's someone going out and say, you know what, young man, come here, train, do your best, and when you leave here, you'll have something in your hand that no one can take away from you, and that's a college degree, and it'll be free for you, and, and free right. in the sense that there's no out-of-pocket expenses. And, you know, that's what makes this thing, man. That's why we love what we do. It's a great platform. Um, and, you know, you and I talk about it all the time. We're blessed that God gives us this chance. You know, we talked about it, like, when you talked with Mike in Columbia about what happened in the state with the uh, the, the gentleman, and I don't want to say names just like he did uh, with the Twitter thing. And, you know, right. he didn't say – go back to a certain country. He just said, go back, leave. And the thing is, number one, you know, if, if, if a young man is 16, 17 years old, they don't leave. They're still in the state of South Carolina, the, the quote unquote property of their parents. You know, they're not an emancipated adult to just go leave. So you're basically encouraging yeah. a minor child to run away. You know, uh, whatever I don't you think, want to I, I honestly, I don't think that was, you know, and again, I don't mean to interrupt you. I, I, I don't it. think that was his point. I mean, I, I think no. he, he knew underlining it is what it is. You know, again, I'm going to call a spade a spade. I, I, I understand he made a mistake, but we all are held accountable for our mistakes. At the end of the day, right. he will be held accountable for his mistake. And here's the thing. And here's the thing. He knows exactly what he meant when he said it. Okay. And my thing is this. If you're going to say it, say it. Don't, don't be around right. the bush. Yeah. You that's and I my said thing. The same and thing then don't be a coward and, 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 and block people. You know, that's to me. You know you're guilty when you're when you're blocking. What are you blocking me for, man? What's the problem? You know, for me, here here's the thing. And, and I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. And, and I want to I'm going to read to you. If you go to my personal Twitter page, and you can follow me at Richie Altman. And again, being the founder and the president of this company, and and, and doing what I do with Southern Sports Center, I take a lot of pride in what I do bringing athletes what I get in this room and getting them on the air and getting in their houses and talking to their parents and talking to their coaches. It, it, it is not an easy thing to get a parent to trust you with their child. Okay. So, so you got to be mindful. So when I put what I put on our social media site and it was easy, it was the power of social media. Something, some people find out the hard way. I Southern sports central will not support, partner, or promote individuals that show true colors of hate, racism, or immaturity. Now, I never said he was any of those three. He took himself off my radar 
Because at some point, one out of those three or two out of those three or maybe three out of those three bothered him. If it doesn't bother you, you don't make a sound. You keep it moving. And at one point, he hadn't deleted me yet. He hadn't blocked me yet. So I said, all right, good deal, good deal. Woke up Sunday morning, boom, gone. And I'm okay with that. It doesn't hurt my feelings. Because at the end of the day, from a late-night week, they get a race yet, we still see them, and the others, we see you too. What you need to understand is it's simple, okay? My biggest problem with him was that he went after a child. You know, you and I both have children. Yeah, exactly. And he's lucky, we've had kids he's who, lucky that a child, did, that, that parent didn't go after him, because that's what I would have right. done. Oh, you, because that's, that's the norm. And yet, luckily, a 16-year-old young man, I thought, maturely handled the situation, okay, you know, a lot better than what some grown men would have done. I mean, you, when you look at the, the big picture of things, you know, again, and, and I wanted to, to kind of touch that before we got off the air, Eugene. And, again, I don't know if we lost yes, it. Either. It seems like you're back now. No, but, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's you the just thing. Have you to and try I to put it the thing with the ages. It's, a, it's an age thing, too. If you sure. and I were discussing it, you and I agree on some things where it comes to sure. life and whatever and parenting and being a dad, being a man. Sports teams, right. you know, viruses, politics, whatever. You and I agree on some. We disagree on some. But you and I will have that right. conversation privately. Reggie said right. it best. You cannot explain in depth and have a conversation mm-hmm. like that on a social media platform with 240 characters with a 16, 17-year-old. And nor should you be. That is not you your You cannot kid. have it that with a 42-year-old either, by the way. Exactly. Yeah. So you and I call each other, and we just yell at each other. <laughs> until until and we hang the phone. start laughing and say, I love you, and go to, go to bed and good night. You know what I mean? And, and that's the thing is that we have that relationship. He did, I don't think he knew that young man like that, to have that relationship. He did not. You know, that type and the of thing trust. Is exactly. With, right. Well, the thing is with Jim, Jim is a reaction kind of guy. Jim, let me say, first of all, Jim, Jim has, again, I want to make this clear. Jim has never done me wrong. Jim never has done me wrong. I took a stance on something that, that has been bothering me on individuals that have posted things and erased things, and yet don't post it if you're not going to keep it. Let me repeat myself. If you post it, let it stay there, because at one point that was on your mind. Let it stay there. All right? Number two, say what you mean. Mean what you say. Accountability, credibility. We tell our young people to do this. As adults, we've got to stand tall. We've got to walk the walk and talk the talk. That's the bottom line. And, and, and again, I've worked my every bit to get into houses and into the homes and into having guys like Demarius Anderson who reaches out to me, has a conversation with me. I sit there last night, talked to Justice Boone. I talked to Mari Huggins with his family in the room. That's an honor. They don't have to let me talk to this young man. But when we have guys that do what we do, attacking to some degree again he's a child he's a child let it go it's not that big a deal just let it go i got attacked today yesterday by a guy that that, because i said you know basically hey this is the new norm adapt to it and move on with it i let it go i don't i don't even entertain it i know jim baxter has done a lot for a lot of people i will never discount that and for that jim i say thank you but i just hope next time you're challenged that you make a better decision and anybody else, remember, these are young children. I don't like to see you attacking them when they take an opportunity and, and, and don't pick your college. I can't stand to see that. And I don't like to see these young men and women 
on social media. But, guys, we're up against the clock. We'll be back live on Thursday night on behalf of all of us to all of you. Eugene, thanks for what you did tonight. We'll do it again on Thursday, buddy. Stay safe, everybody. Separate. We'll see you Thursday night, 6 6 p.m. Till then, God bless. Thank